he knew how to beat. I mean, he was. I mean, he's you know he's top dog. He, he set the he standard, and no one has lived up to he that had since. Everything going, yeah. It, it probably. I mean, every single time that they had a new serial killer, like, oh, this is this guy, this is this guy. I don't think anything even came close yeah. until you know. Right. Yeah, Gacy was just burying bodies but, under his floorboards. It's like that's amateur <laughs> status. Dude, you got to dump nothing. it down the chute, it's still burn there. it in the kiln, yeah. sell uh, the skeletons. That being said. <laughs> Um, hey guys! Shut up. <laughs> We're over here at the Dylan Joe Basin Podcast. Welcome to uh, to our most recent episode. Uh, we're a couple clowns here, and your hosts at a special event called uh, this episode of the podcast. I'm Dylan, one of the hosts. Uh, you guys want to let us know who you are? I'm Joe. I'm everyone's favorite character. What's your favorite food, Joe? Um, buff chicks. Nice. I'm Dom, and Joe's buff chicks are in my fridge because he forgot them here. Hey, must be the money. <laughs> you know, I give I you permission. I haven't eaten them, you but can uh, I did eat your mozzarella sticks the next day. <laughs> and uh, by now, the chicken is not good because Buffalo Wild Wings uses cardboard boxes with little cutouts in them. Oh, but so, all the, uh, but all the it doesn't actually, actually seal any of it. So I, yeah. I thought I was thinking of Little Caesars. I was like, you've they give you a little there. window that you can see in the box. You don't have to open it. You can kind of look through. That's nice. So you can sunroof. It's got a sunroof on the to-go boxes. <laughs> so you can put what it on your dashboard. The sun though? warms it up. I thought that I forgot that Buffalo Wild Wings isn't Little Caesars. That's oh yeah, now you're thinking of Wingstop. I think and I was like, you guys have been to fucking no. I've been to Wingstop. I was like, you guys have actually been to Little Caesars. Um, yeah, no. yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings is like a I sports have. bar. It's not it even is. like a, a fast food one. place. I went to one in Springfield, Massachusetts, on my bicycle. Um, anyways, wow. Uh, yeah, we're bragging. Bike. Um, well, let's keep up the trend with starting all our episodes off talking about our personal uh, dietary habits. <laughs> let's keep doing. What are we talking yeah. about today? We're talking about the World's Fair in 1890. So guys, we're, we've been talking about this topic for a long time. Guys, I see everyone, and gals, and new listeners, and old listeners, and dead listeners, whoever, you know? Sure. We, uh, 1893 World's Fair is something that isn't, wasn't the most mainstream for people to know about if you didn't really know about it or go digging for it. And it's Unless really, you lived really, it, really, 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 really cool. So we want to let you know. So absolutely, that's today's episode. And this might be one of our longest uh, backburner topics that we actually did. Usually, if we have a topic for two or three weeks and we don't do it, it just disappears and we just decide not to do it anymore. This one's been in the books for at least a month and a half, maybe two months now. So yeah, I'm glad we're finally or you doing can write it. in to yeah. us and give us a recommendation for what you want a topic on, and we'll get to it in one to three years. Yeah, yes, or we actually us. respond to our fail, fan mail very quickly all the time. We're looking through it every single day. Mm-hmm. That's what we get paid the big bucks for. Sure is. So yeah, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the World's Fair. I thought we'd get started by, you know, like you just said, Dylan, not a lot of people really know about the World's Fair because we live in the modern era where the World's Fair is, um, 
you know, E3 and Comic-Con, and you just look at all, everything online is already advertised for you. You don't have to have a big gathering and show off. As close as we have to that, right now, it's just the Olympics is like the longest tradition of all the world coming together to show off, and mm-hmm. one city gets a big bid to make a huge economy boost it for themselves. And the one we're talking about today in particular, Chicago got the goods in that. Um, but I, we thought we would kind of describe what the World's Fair is for folks just so we know what kind of environment we're talking about. Because as we've established um, in our pre-production meeting, 1893 is not the first one. And it wouldn't be the last either, which I also found out. And I knew that it wasn't the first. I knew it wasn't the last. So I'm clearly the smartest person here. That's great. And, Dom, with that, why don't you tell us about what the first World's Fair was and Before when it was. Before you do that, I just want to say, because Dom gave his position on this, I thought this was the first one but not the last one. So we all had a little bit of a take on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, we all do a lot of research for what yeah. we want to talk about. Not necessarily the whole subject, but what are we going to talk about? So go oh, ahead, no. Dom. We'll do it now. Uh, well, the World's Fair is basically... Just uh, well, the first one started in uh, 1797 in Prague, and uh, basically it's just Prague or Prague. Yes, Prague. Really good sauce. Um, basically, it's the city gets the bid to be the World Fair, and everyone comes and they build these incredible structures and show off all the latest technologies of the day. Basically, and they show off. You know, it's not just technologies. That is the big part usually, but it's also you know, different areas for different cultures to show off their roots and stuff. And just yeah, it's like, like Epcot the big before money maker for whatever city has it. Yes, it's a, basically a traveling Epcot. It is. And yeah. the coolest thing about it is it's not just people to go show off and do things. You want to show off really big time and you want to show off your technology. So you want to yeah. bring your best, most futuristic, crazy things that no one's ever seen before in the entire world and you bring them to a place where everyone can see them and you represent your country and your technological advancements in yeah this is a time before television internet even mass media and this would be one of the best ways for countries to save up their new technologies and then bust it out in the world's fair and people come from all over and they go holy shit look what Czechoslovakia is doing uh, bad example but you know what I mean it's like you just bring up your goods and you go holy crap look what they got going on here over here in Japan they have um, some kind of uh, robot dog or something you know yeah, cool. so two years' notice in advance, the city, st- country, or whatever uh, is given to prepare for this. So mm. that's wild because if you... It's only half the time is the Olympics has to prepare. Half the time the Olympics and the structures and the things that those countries have to build are immense. Yeah, I mean, most of what we hear about the World's Fair is just like how amazing and spectacular the entire thing is. Almost like they dropped the city out of like Sim City. They clicked down and just brought this amazing exposition, which I didn't even know that was a term for a fair until I went to research here. I was like, exposition is, is how you talk in movies. It's not a fair. And I know it is, yeah. Yeah, that's what expo stands know, for. It's actually um, the word expo stems from exposition. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, the, um, the so we're know. back to 1893, and... It was the Chicago. Oh no! Well, let's talk about a couple other World's Fairs, though. Oh, yeah. There's some famous good. ones beforehand. I I'll at least say that that uh, United States had one before Chicago. Was it? I think it might have been New York also, or I think it was St. Louis, New York. Yeah. So it wasn't the first mm-hmm. time even the United States had it, but it was in yeah, yeah. in Europe. They had it in um, other places in Europe. Let's not go crazy. This is the 1800s. They didn't do it in some places, but they would maybe do it today. They're like, yeah, yeah Brazil, They mostly did it in the happen. U.S. and Europe. That's pretty yeah. Much <laughs> They're like, ah, China. You know, places where if it was in the summer, they'd pass no sunscreen. That's, that's usually where <laughs> yeah, they would have that. A lot of whites. A lot of white people going. 
Um, but I think the most famous one before this one we're trying to talk about today was the World's Fair in Paris, which was beforehand, which what is our 1889. Example, 89, which is why they built the Eiffel Tower. It was a World's Fair Expo, you know, a centerpiece for France in Paris. They're going to hold it in Paris. This crazy architect's going to build this awesome structure, and we're going to unveil it at the World's Fair. And that's the Eiffel Tower, the, one of the most famous structures in the world, if not the most famous, and it's still up today. That's a World's Fair decoration that just keeps on giving. That's yeah, and it's not that often for, uh, you know, usually they tear everything down because it's only meant to be right. temporary. They yeah, it's use, temporary like, structures. Stuff to build the structures, but obviously they were saying, well, we can't put this giant thing up and take it down couple months after it goes up let's build it right and have it up there forever exactly and the one at paris was the first time that they had a world's fair after the adoption of electricity in the world and there were some electrical elements to that paris world's fair they had little expos and go oh, look at this this is electricity the magical thing we're gonna all get into and people were like oh i don't know about that witchcraft but the world's fair in chicago 1893 was the first time it was an all electric world's fair and it is basically the only thing i knew about it before research is that the World's Fair of Chicago was the light up the world. It was like going from here to like fucking Blade Runner or like Mass Effect. Like you go full sci-fi. People are like, what the fuck's going on here? It's all in the middle of the night. Everything's as bright as the sun. There's all kinds of colors and crazy shit. People were freaking out. It was the electric city. Oh, it's city crazy. And a lot of people at that time in 1893 really were still using candles. I mean, not necessarily in Chicago. Cause Most everybody. The height of the Industrial Revolution was 1893 or early 1900s, but... So yeah. you didn't even see a light bulb, and there was 20 million or 30 million attendees of the Chicago one who came from all over the world who, yes. like I said, didn't even see what a yeah. light bulb looked Thomas like. Edison was there to show off his new invention called the light bulb. That's how early on in electricity the show yeah. was. People had yeah. never seen it. Yeah, and it wasn't just like at the you're saying at the Paris one, there was plenty of lights around, but for the Chicago one, when everyone got there for opening day or opening night, all the lights were off. And uh, might have to double check the president. Grover Cleveland. Grover Cleveland. I almost said Calvin Coolidge. I knew it didn't sound right. He <laughs> yeah. was the one to flip the switch, and all the lights Ooh. went on all at once, and everyone saw it turn on at the same time. Oh my god, what a wonderful moment that must have been! And, and the pressure on those poor tech guys to be like, "Holy shit, this doesn't work!" Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you are lighting a Christmas tree, and one of the light bulbs goes out. That times a million. Yeah. Plus, also, it would probably catch. You know the buildings on fire. Oh yeah, it would have been a complete disaster, and it would have been like two two years and whatever however many fire. million dollars. Yeah, the second Chicago fire, right right after the last one. And the big part of it yeah. being in Chicago was they wanted to show that they could rebuild something after the fire because the fire took down so much of it. So the Chicago yeah. Do you guys want to bring up that like, aspect hey, of it we, because uh, I, I think mass. it was twenty years before this World's Fair was the Great Chicago Fire that burned down like I don't know seventy percent of all the structures, major structures in the city. And they had to rebuild the whole city. And only 20 years after that, they won the bid for the World's Fair. I mean, what a fucking comeback story there. Beautiful story. One of my favorite stories of all time. It's a good one, yeah. Actually, when they were rebuilding the city, they made these new ordinances to have more fireproof buildings. And Makes people sense. were fighting back because they didn't want to pay the money to get it done. And there was a small fire like three years later, and they were like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do fireproof buildings. How many more fires do we need before we fucking <laughs> take this shit seriously? God damn, you would think that one of the most famous fires in world history would be enough, but no, you always need one more. Yep. So really, you drive the point home. 
But yeah, I, I, I was looking it up that the population uh, at Chicago at the time of the World's Fair was around a million. I think it was a little over a million people. But before that, I, about 100 years before that, it was only like 50,000 people. So within 100 years, it went from like a what we consider like a large town to Chicago, the host of the World's Fair, the, the fucking white city and all that shit. I think that was pretty impressive in that such a short amount of time. And in between then, the fucking city burned down. So I, they really fought hard here in Chicago to mm-hmm. come back from this shit. I got to respect that. Got to respect that. Got And I do. And I do. So do you want to start getting into the uh, the subject matter of today's pod, which is that particular World's Fair after they're done building it up? Yeah, let's do I it. do. Let's and actually, I want to start off with something because you already Please. mentioned Thomas Edison and his light bulbs. Mm-hmm. But uh, he does not. He did not supply power to the World's Fair. He did not. Another uh, person did it from our previous podcast. So Nikolai Tesla had the contract to power the World's Fair. Yeah, he, he, he actually gave his, his AC technology to Westinghouse. To, uh, to Westinghouse, which is also still a company today. Yeah, and uh, they powered so is Tesla. It. They, uh, they, yes, and they're same exact company too. It's been around for that long. Wow. Um, but no, it was uh, with Tesla's help that if it weren't for him, Westinghouse wouldn't have got it. Tesla wouldn't have got it, and uh, Edison would have had the whole thing. It's and it would have Edison, sucked. As we've talked about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Westinghouse I think that was cool. Edison by I think he was charged. He wanted like a dollar per lamp or something, like something crazy. And Westinghouse mm. won the bid for seventy cents a lamp. 70 cents a lamp, plus AC current instead of DC current. Mm-hmm. Much, much better. Tesla strikes again on this podcast. He, he, so you could say a lot of this uh, the spectacle was definitely attributed to, I guess, Westinghouse's money, but Elon I'd say Tesla's Musk. brain. Yeah, and then by proxy, Elon Musk in the future. Yes. The great-great-grandson of Nikola Tesla, who he bought an emerald mine uh, when he died. It's all true. <laughs> you guys can look that up. Um, but yeah, I thought... You know, and, you know. He so said part of the process, like Dom said, they built up this whole, um, you know, Epcot style like uh, fairgrounds, which was multiple acres. But a lot of these structures were built out of like, um, uh, kind of like, fucking paper mache. I mean, not really, but it was like, you know, like the Disney World stuff where they yeah. built up like a fake. It was like castle. The, the stone, the stone equivalent of paper mache, basically. Yeah, it's just like kind of like slapped together. It's supposed to be it's supposed to last like a year, maybe. It's not a permanent structure, but it looks great, and you can get it up fast, which they needed to do. And which actually earned its earned its name for the World Fair that year, the White City, because it had all these grand, you know, alabaster towers that were like, you know, coming up from the horizon that hadn't been there even two years earlier. It's like a whole new part of Chicago sprouted up out of nowhere. And actually attributed this to the guy who wrote The Wizard of Oz, who was there at the time in Chicago, that he based the idea of the Emerald City of Oz off of this White City in Chicago to be like, wow, can you imagine such a magical place like is this, but except green, and then now we have Dorothy. <laughs> Why do you say Wizard of Oz? Uh, So I was just in San Diego at the Hotel Del Coronado. And the uh, dude, I was gonna ask you if that was the Coronado. When you took the picture outside, I was like, "Is that the Grand Floridian or the Coronado?" Because yeah. that that like that roof is so iconic. So it was so the Coronado. Iconic. Yeah. So it's the Coronado, and um, they took them down, but the original they were super cool. It was called the like Star Room or the something room, but um, the original light fixtures in the ballroom that I was at that Richard Nixon gave a speech in, and so did Charles Lindbergh after he landed his transatlantic journey. Um, Yeehaw. Uh, the writer of The Wizard of Oz designed all the light fixtures in there. No shit. Cool. Oh, yeah, all right. ties in. Yeah. How cool is that? 
The guy had vision, even if it was just copying out the uh, the White City in Chicago there. That's right. Someone's got to do it. If you don't. I mean, and when I was looking at, into this, I had heard it be called the White City, and I, I really just thought that was the population, but now I realize it's actually the structures. Yeah, yeah, because they kind of it was, and it also was one of the first times the word whitewashing was used, because you know as they're building these things, they're not white, but they developed uh, like one of the first forms of spray paint to quickly paint everything white. Really, kind of white it up. It was a white spraying paint. We call it can of wow. spray paint or something, but yeah, one of the first devices used to spray. Paint. I know, I know, a lot of prominent politicians who would just really pop a boner at that very idea of having one of those things at their house in case anyone shows up. Hold on real quick oh, yeah. before you go in. Yeah. All right, now you can come in. Well, it's also <laughs> known as invisibility paint, too. Um, when we used to tech our cars at some of our like funny events, like 24 Hours of Lemons, we mm-hmm. had nice shit, and you just spray paint it black. <laughs> so, so it wouldn't look like it's... it's yeah, like... if you got like Bilstein coilovers or whatever it is, they're yellow and blue, and... You know, all these fun things. They, they look all nice. All over them. You just buy the shittiest spray paint, you spray paint them black. And you go, no, it's dark. They're see, they're black. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. Oh, the tricks yeah. of the trade here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just paint it over. You'll be good. So, so good this split. fair in 1893 started in May, and these tend to run for six months. Due to Six months, likely, too. A long time that shit was running. It would take over your city for half a year. That's even longer than the Olympics for, yeah. for a good amount. Sure is. So six months from May to what's that October? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how you bring in twenty-three million people in the year eighteen ninety-three, which is no small feat. Even today, it's not it's not a small yeah. amount of people. But then, are you kidding me? That's like fucking half the world's population. I'm exaggerating, but you know, still, I mean, it's well, they were not you working with like, so you eight billion people. Exact number. Oh yeah, I was cool. Think about how fucking bored you must have been back then. Like, I mean, honestly, I mean. There's yeah, but you think all the bored people are going to the World's Fair? Maybe people in the uh, the Chicago land no, the, the people that are bored, you're going money to go lit. to the World's Fair. fucking rich, dude. Yeah, like people who are traveling to Chicago from around the world were what you consider now multimillionaires. I mean, no, you'd have no, you can have money. People, not all of them, could have been the richest people. They might have just said, "No, you're right." No, the people that lived in Chicago, they were like the poor people that went. Yeah, like, I'm sure people not, traveled for all over traveling. the USA, Canada. But uh, most of the international crowd, I think, were fucking rich, or they worked for rich people that needed to run the uh, the fair events and all yeah, that I mean, stuff. People, but of course, there, there was people from all over. Or how they got here, and they sailed replicas of the Nina, Nina and Santa Maria, Pinta and Santa Maria. Thing. Yeah, Pinto. yeah. <laughs> they, they also sailed the Viking longship because this was the 400th anniversary of Christopher H. Columbus's. He sailed the ocean blue, landing in 1492. 1492. Well, so 1894 is the Hell yeah. But also what Dom said, too, they actually well, sailed a Viking it took him a, longship. It took them a year to get it over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it took a lot of planning. But they sailed a Viking longship all the way from Europe to the World's Fair. I mean, come on. That's fucking sick. Dude, they did that recently, too. Uh, before COVID, uh, they sailed a Viking longship from Norway to Salem. And I went on it. That's awesome as well. But it this happened, cool. you know, 100 plus years ago, which is even more impressive to me. Yeah. Well, also, it's nothing. That happened 1893, so that's like... 40, 50 years after they first discovered Viking settlements in Scandinavia. Because they didn't start excavating stuff like that until the mid-1800s. Damn. That they, like, discovered oh, yeah. it. So it was like, it was like look at this history we just found. Yeah, yeah, crazy town. Crazy stuff. So, uh, what was going yeah, so on? People were coming by boat, by walking, by horse-drawn carriage. 
not by train. automobiles. By foot. By train. By foot. And also by electric moving platforms inside the Chicago's World Fair. Joe, you want to talk about that? I know you seem like you know what you're talking about. I, I did not. I thought oh, you were going to talk sorry, about it. Before you talk about the electric thing you're about to say, that reminded me. Uh, one of the reasons why they brought these boats is because they made all these artificial canals going through Chicago mm-hmm. and based it off of Venice. Yeah. And they had uh, the Phoenician they had, uh, the gondolas to get you around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And they also had some brand new electric boats Ooh, that they were using to transport spooky. people around the fairgrounds. Can you imagine this? Like 1893. You don't even know. Yeah. Like, you, the most technology advanced thing you've ever seen is a fucking fork, and you're going yeah. there, and there's electric <laughs> boats, electric boats, and uh, escalators that are horizontal, like the airport ones. Like they're moving sidewalks. Yeah, people yeah, movers. They call moving them moving sidewalks. Moving sidewalks. Very first they ones. Like, yeah, they're moving and they're electric. Then you get electric boats, and then they also had like a, a train that went around too. That was also electric. So cool. I mean, I want to go. This just well, sounds like so, so much so fun. Bad. This sounds like the funnest goddamn thing ever. Yeah. And I've talked about. But this imagine, before. imagine getting on an electric boat though. At the time, it must be like getting on a, like a fucking canoe with like a blue box and be like, "This is a fusion-powered boat." I'd be like, "I don't know about this." Like it must be kind of <laughs> nervous. You're like, "I don't even know what this is." Like magic. Yeah. It must be kind of freaky, you know? I'd be like, "I don't know. Let's go. Let's see what happens." Imagine like, if on the a... thing ever sank. Uh, I don't think it was like very well insulated. You'd Definitely probably, not. You know, it's not major ever going to die. Well, belly up. There is a theory out there because we mentioned that Nikola Tesla was a big part of this whole thing. You guys know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, he's responsible for most of the electrical work there. So yeah, a lot of electricity, and you've got you know more electricity in this world's fair right now than the entire city of New York in Manhattan is going on. Yeah, That's how much it, I mean, you can probably weigh it against the entire electric grid of the United States at the time because most places were not electrified yet, and this was a concerted effort to make it electric. So I'd say there's probably more electric infrastructure during this World's Fair than, if you exclude New York, than the entire United States combined. I mean, it's not that crazy of a thought at the time. Yeah, it's not that crazy of a thought. So how are they getting all this electricity? Here's my question. So, I, I don't know, Dylan. Why don't you tell me that what YouTube video you watched that told you the answer? Absolutely. So... Uh, Nikola Tesla was responsible for bringing electricity from like a nearby dam or something like that, and but that dam was still you know fifty or sixty miles away, so that's running a lot of wires and this that and the other thing. Then you get to charge sure. all those gondolas, you get to charge the trains, you get to charge you know sorry the boats you definitely have to charge the oh, yeah. the walkway and the trains obviously we understand how those work and that type of stuff plus all yep. the five hundred thousand light bulbs or something that's there. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a pretty large thing they have to power too. We might talk about later. <laughs> that takes yes. a lot of energy to run that thing. The goddess of light. Sarah, naturally. Okay. Well, there's a statue in the middle that's like a obelisk-looking thing with this gold lady on the top. Yeah, I heard that statue was called the Republic. Uh, well, probably, but the lady on top is the, is she has a name, goddess of light. That's and cool. She, they're thinking that maybe this was the first, um, uh, like, Tesla wireless energy production that he tried in Long Island oh, like before he died because they he can hide it in there. Transmitted energy. Gold on top, so all the electronic things are getting wireless energy for the first time before they killed him for this. Damn. But it was a good first concept that instead of having hydroelectric power or or a bunch of generators. Did you you know you didn't hear anything about the generators? No one's talking about those. No, no, well, they didn't have generators. Yeah. I don't think really at the time. 
Well, uh, not the ones we've been had internal combustion engine existed, sort of, but not. Yeah, I mean, obviously their power plants. Everything mostly was still steam powered. Yeah, it was like power plants. Yeah, they didn't really have like diesel generators or stuff like that. Right. But um. But no, I hear what you're saying for sure. But obviously, one of the bigger parts of it, the wireless uh, electricity, because they can make it work. You can make it work today with our technology. You can they can recreate Tesla's thing. But the whole thing about it is it's super low energy. It's it takes a lot of energy because the amount of space it has to travel, it's losing energy the whole time. So totally. in order to light one light bulb like a hundred feet away, it takes like ten times the voltage you need to light like a regular light bulb. So it's it. A, it takes a high energy demand. So the only reason I can see them doing it wirelessly is because they couldn't get the wires to the spot like like you're saying like if it's in the middle of the fountain it might be easier to do like wireless you know electricity to kind of like light the thing up but besides that it wouldn't be more efficient than using a, a power station it would actually be much much more taxing to light one light bulb in the time that there's no power station so if anything it seems like a huge fucking waste of energy to make it wireless when you could just use it wired you have so many lights already unless it's not magic unless it's real science we don't know that was in uh, Nikola Tesla's hotel room that he got killed in or died and when they maybe it's one of his secret documents he had in that stole all the secret documents Big, maybe it's what maybe it's in there possibility there that this was yeah. really what it was and they were hiding it and um i won't rule it out yeah so that's what i think so we're back to may beautiful day in chicago it's gonna be may anymore. we picked may because it's not as cold good time for people to come in. In Chicago, home. yeah, you better be fucking at least spring. No one wants to go there in the winter. So no, imagine that. You're going to travel three months on a... Sorry. Oh, no, nothing. You're going to travel three months on a fucking ship from Japan just to show up and freeze your balls off for a, a week? Forget about it. Why Anyways, not freeze your don't. balls off on the trip over? <laughs> Why not? I'm yeah. sure they did. The open ocean, yeah. So, that's the other thing, too. you got two years to build this shit, and you're basically building ancient Rome. If you look at this, the giant, beautiful, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Washington Monument uh, Lake Square right there. What are we calling that? The, yeah, the National Mall. Kind of looking at The National thing. Mall uh, situation where Martin Luther King gave And like speech. Dom said, they had all these canals. It was very, yeah, like Greco-Roman architecture, like harkening no back to the age of discovery and democracy in the ancient world. Yeah, and it, it actually, that actor actually caused a huge um, uptick in that style of architecture. Wow. Makes sense. That. That's why a lot of the like, early 1900 stuff is so European, is cause, because of the uh, 93 World Fair. Very Everyone was cool. like, oh, that stuff looks great. Why did, why did we stop building like that? Yeah. yeah. It lasts forever. Doing it it's cool. And why, uh, well, but here's what I'm getting at here is that you got two years to build this, and you've got winter going from like November to early April in Chicago back then before Definitely. global warming. So now you've got all this shit you got to build in the snow. That sounds really hard, doesn't it? Got to be a major pain in the ass, especially in 1893. Especially in 1893. Moving all these things. Well, unless and, Nikolai Tesla had some off the records uh, electric snow melters that. Yeah, he had the, the hot suits that you wear when you go to the Arctic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you ran hot water under the ground so no snow melted. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but not saying it Well, you, you got to remember at the time everyone was still smoking, so you know you had a little bit of fire around all the time, just kind of warm you up a little bit. Yeah, it what ails you? Definitely. So you're saying that's why the Earth is getting colder now in certain areas because less people are smoking, more people are vaping, so it's less flames. I'm saying if everyone was vaping, there wouldn't have been a Chicago fire. Am I being any more clear than I can be here? Also, there's a chance that if everyone was vaping, there wouldn't have been a Chicago World Fair, because that stuff's gay. 
<laughs> if everyone was vaping, America wouldn't be a superpower right now. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, one last thing I'll say about that. Thomas Edison definitely vaped. Nikola Tesla ripped butts. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, Rolled his oh, yeah, own. Yeah. If you're going to go based off personality, no question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole thing was Thomas Edison used to vape DC vape, so his, his vape would blow up like a fucking Samsung Galaxy in an airplane. Yeah, but at least his was passion fruit. Because <laughs> he had passion for the craft. <laughs> passion for other people's crafts. You know, you know, uh, Tesla just did straight tobacco. He was like, I, I can't have time for the flavors. He, just, he ate it with a fork. I, I'm, fr- I'm from Eastern Europe. I just, I just take it right to the face, the harshest I can get it. Davidoffs are what they call those now. It's the, the newer version of, of, of tobacco to the face. Davidoffs really? is like, uh, is there fucking Marlboro Red? <laughs> mm. Europe. I didn't know that. Yep, yep. It is. Who said this podcast isn't educational? Smoked a few Davidoffs in my time. I should hope so. They rip. Rip hard. They rip hard. Fuck yeah, so that, that'll bring us to the yeah the 1893 World's Fair, where I think we should talk about some of the things that were unveiled at this World's Fair, because the list, the, some of this stuff is still Let's with us today. Let's do the list. Let's go. Starting out with... Wrigley's gum. It wasn't just technology having to do with like you know machines. It was the first time that Wrigley's gum was introduced to the world. I'm talking about double mint. I'm talking about juicy fruit. I'm talking about the the worst tasting gum that exists now. It was the first one to do it. You know they, they're they're still really pumping good. through it. it just doesn't I knew you were gonna say that. That's why I went up and said it's it. Not that. Great. That's why I went up and said it. It's good versus nothing. Juicy fruit is great for like a little while. <laughs> yeah, I'm not denying that. We've had I mean, 100 years of I, gum I can, technology. I can, a piece of orbits. I can chew a piece of orbits for four hours. Give me some Wrigley gum. Uh, about 10 minutes, I'm spitting that yeah, thing out. I'm not denying it's done. That, but, definitely. but it costs like 10 cents to get it in now. So I, I yeah. guess then they're probably just giving it out. But yeah, Wrigley's yeah, you gum. You can still buy like the, like the five stick pack for 25 cents. Yeah, it's amazing. So they're still still doing it's like thirty cents an hour or something like that, but it's Imagine still good. But you know the like, economy. Actually, I respect that though, because now every company just like wants to be like, well, how are we growing and developing? I don't think they give a shit. Oh, Wrigley's <laughs> is like just change the price by five cents every half century. We're, we're good. We're, we're business. Good to go. People will still yep. buy for some just like reason. Arizona iced tea. Brand loyalty. Arizona iced tea, very similar thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and another thing, food related that uh, was debuted at the 1893 Chicago World Fair. It was. Cracker Jacks. I don't though, care uh, if I ever get back. The first Cracker Jack. Though they did not, though they did not gain popularity until that baseball song was written in 1908. Of course. Can you imagine having a song but, that famous? And every time they go, like every halftime of a football game, root, root, root for McDonald's. People would just be yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> like it's a great advertisement. Non-stop. Buy me some peanuts and rolled gold pretzels. I don't care if I ever get what's sold. I mean, that's just free advertisement for them. That must have been great. Uh, also, uh, you guys are probably wondering this one, but the uh, German firm Krupp uh, had a pavilion of artillery, which they uh, cost a million dollars to stage, where they introduced their coastal gun that was 42 centimeters in bore. Everyone Holy, was wondering shit. About Holy shit! How about that? <laughs> yeah. If there's any, if there's any wars coming up, keep this in mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in about yeah. ten years, <laughs> it's gonna be very important. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, just like Wrigley's gum, it uh, you know, 
was driven by 900 pounds Doesn't go up in price. powder and claimed to be able to <laughs> penetrate at 2,200 yards. Good lord. Named the Thunderer. The Thunderer. <laughs> the That's Thunderer. a great name. Thunderer. <laughs> That's so much better than like the the, the Verstappen Verstappen in seventy one twenty seventy. Exactly. The Thunderer. Like that really drives the point home. Well, from twenty two hundred yards this away. Gets even funnier. Yeah. Besides the, <laughs> the muzzle <laughs> yeah, just the worst, yeah. longest person's uh, name. So it had an advertised range of 15 miles, and on this occasion, John Schofield declared the Thunderer. Of the Schofield uh, revolver fame? I don't know, but probably. Was he a gun manufacturer? I mean, Dom, I, you played Red Dead, the Schofield revolver. It's like oh, his favorite um, the yes, Winchester Repeater. The thing, the thing about Red Dead, too, is they take um, real guns. And with the exception of like, like the Springfields in it, but like most of the and the Winchester and, stuff, and the Carcano rifle, renamed. those are all real. Yeah, you know, the Winchester rifles. isn't well. The Winchester is in Red Dead One. Red Dead Two doesn't have the Winchester. They oh, have well, made sorry. Up names like the Lancaster and the Litchfield Repeater, but oh, okay. Uh, a lot of those guns in Red Dead Two are models of real guns, but I don't know if it was for legal reasons or not. They had to change the names. Oh, yeah, I, I feel like the Schofield the revolver might be like, real. Though. Auto, they renamed like all the cars other names, you know? Yeah, but yeah. Um, so John Schofield, possibly the gun manufacturer, um, nicknamed, uh, sorry, declared the Thunderer, the greatest peacemaker in the world. And peacemaker, oh, classic I'm sure. wartime I'm guy. Sure. And now I'm convinced <laughs> he's the gun manufacturer. Like Who would guy. call that thing a peacemaker? It should be called the Warbringer. Total War. <laughs> <laughs> and so you'll like this, Joe. So the the Thunderer. Uh, was the precursor, you were getting right back to what we were talking about earlier, to the company's War One howitzer called the Dick Berta. The Dick Berta howitzer. <laughs> exactly. Oh. So that's, uh, that was really, really, everyone was all over this. Just really, like really. How really could good. you not get all yeah. over that thing? You know, oh, at the yeah. time, especially. Yeah. Just good like Wrigley's gum, this was also unveiled. Good googly moogly. And on the, around the Gross. same vein, they introduced to the world for the first time the sewing machine. The electric sewing machine. You don't have to press the pedal with your foot anymore. Just turn it on and off you go. The power of electricity. Imagine how many housewives saved their ankles with this new invention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, those foot-pedaled ones, well, I mean... I have. It one. looks easy I've, for like a minute, but try to pump it for like. It's 20 even minutes. without even without the uh, the belt going to the sewing machine, because it has an arm that's offset like that, so you're only using basically half of the pump. It mm -hmm. doubles what it's doing. Yeah. When you try to stop it, it has the momentum. It just keeps going. You're like trying to get your feet off of it. Oh, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, that's pretty that's wow. nuts. So uh, yeah, I already mentioned this, but it's worth worth uh, worth seeing along the banks of the lake. Uh, people who were going to the casino that was there uh, were taking. I love how they brought a casino there. I mean, they, they knew how to party. Well, it, like hell was up. Well, it, it was before uh, gambling was deemed illegal in the United States, I believe. So, so, back to a little side topic here is that people back then knew what was up for some reason. It was like they were a different class of people than we were doing this. I think it depends shit. on the circumstance, no though, right? Oh, well, I, I think. I think. fucking good anymore. Just saying. I, no, I see. I no, I think they do. Special I think occasion. the difference back then was only the wealthy people, or in these special scenarios, could they do stuff like that. Yeah. But now it's such everyday thing to us; it doesn't seem as exciting. Maybe that's it. Yeah, but like nothing. You're right. You know, like, but it's just. So I'm always hesitant when people say, "Oh, it used to be so much better back then." It's like, yeah, well, compared to what? 
you know. Well, go ahead, Dylan. I'll well, shit on your point well, after you're done instead of interrupting point, yeah, you. You're right, but it just but just like a production like this that's so fucking high class and good is yeah. What's what's their options now? You know, like this is mm-hmm. so good. It feels like they were more advertising for future things rather than trying to milk money at the day. Where if they did this nowadays, they'd be trying to get money out of everybody immediately and try to recoup their losses. Instead of saying, 10 years from now, it's going to make our country wealthy. They want to be wealthy yesterday because their investors want their money tomorrow. So I get what you're saying. Like Nowadays, they'd never do this shit because they'd be like, how are we going to milk money out of everybody? They can just walk around and see all these lights. Who's going to pay for these lights? Yeah. Oh, exactly. So nowadays, nowadays they do do these things, and they're all. But there, there's tens of thousands of them broken up into small bits and pieces. Like, I'm at all the right. healthcare ones in the world. I'm always yeah. At there's com- there's conventions everywhere. Newest there's only one. Healthcare ten years ahead of technologies in healthcare. They do this with cars. They do it with aviation. They do it with all these things. It's not just like one big fucking thing. So, um, but that's. But it's just, it's not for everybody. I mean, I'm going to the healthcare ones. No one gives a fuck about that. You know, like, sure, it's cool, but this is just, it's for the people. And God, is it fun. And fun to think about having a cocktail there. But anyway, so the other thing that was unveiled oh, yeah. was the, the moving walkway, which was the designed by Joseph Lyman Silsby. And uh, it was called the Great Wharf Moving Sidewalk. And it allowed people moving to walk sidewalk. along or ride in seats. You take a seat. Just crazy. You take a fucking seat on that thing. Like, sit down. That's so crazy. It's like sweep. the most basic form of a carnival ride. It's like, look, it moves you around. Straight. But on a flat surface. It sounds kind of fun, actually. I mean, if you've never been... Well, I'm sure you could just go to the airport, get on one, and sit down. It'd probably do the same thing for you. Yeah, but now we're used to it. Imagine if you never saw one before. I remember being a kid and my mom being like, you've been on escalators before. We're like, yeah, but this is different. It's flat. But imagine there's no escalators, no elevators, nothing that you've ever been on. And you step on this thing, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm flying. It probably went like two miles an hour, too. They did have elevators back then. Right, but I would say that normal people wouldn't really go on them that much. More impressive is that no one got sucked into that thing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure there's no safety features at all. It's just like an engine pushing like... big, giant gowns and stuff, like... Oh, yeah. yeah. You know how much force that thing has to be to move, like, you know, 20 people at the time? Like, that thing is just a big engine. Like if you get caught up in that thing. Picture, it's, like, long as fuck. And yeah, yeah I, wanted to, I didn't want to say a, I didn't want to say 100 because I, I didn't want to be wrong. But, yeah, yeah there it you go. It looks like it's that long. And, um, uh, yeah, well, it's down and stuff. That gets sucked in. That thing There's no safety features on any of this stuff. It's all just built to you know, not, not catch on fire because of the Chicago thing. But besides that, it's like, hey, if you want to... <laughs> Fuck around the sewing machine and it just eats your hand up. That's too bad. And there's no lawyers to sue at the time. Litigation is not that big, so it's like, hey, yep. guess you got fucked up at the World's Fair. Nice story to tell your kids with your one hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's true. probably no really even any records of injuries happening at the World's Fair because they were like, don't care. Don't. Or, I know there's, there's the very little records of murders happening. We might get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little bit later. The record keeping is not a hundred percent. And there's a, like yeah. I said, there's the population. You know, in those six months was, if you combine it all together, was 20 times the amount it would normally be. So you have to imagine a couple people got uh, lost in the in the fervor, and they had to build so many new buildings at the time that, like, all these building permits and all these people and all the police officers and a lot of shit got cut off off track real fast. I imagine uh, as far as keeping I mean, track. Hey, of what's people going get on. people get lost today. The uh, yeah earlier earlier this week, uh, Team Cuba left from the World Baseball Classic. And one of their bullpen catchers didn't get on the plane back to Cuba. He defected to America, 
First time it's ever happened during the World Baseball Classic. Hey, way to take advantage. <laughs> nice. If their baseball players don't even get paid that much, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he was, he was just the bullpen catcher, so he's not really missing out on much if he can't find work here anyways, because how much do you get paid to catch in the bullpen? You don't actually have a very important job. It's too bad he needs a green card. He'd probably have a, be a nasty catcher for a minor league team. If you're on the World Classic yeah. team, you're probably nasty. Yeah, that's a good point. What else did we get but I think uh, we should... debuted at the uh, World's Fair? I want to know. Um, well, I got one. Unless... Yeah, I was going to say, I think that Dom should talk about the biggest thing that debuted, and I'm talking about quite uh, literally as well as metaphorically. Yes. It was America's um, but... answer to the Eiffel Tower that had happened in the last World Fair. They go, all right, France, we'll do you one, one better. Before I tell everyone what this incredible invention is, I want to do a quick honorable mention to something that was not invented at the Chicago World Fair. It didn't get its famous blue ribbon there, but that year in 1893, I almost forgot this one. it was ranked best beer. Ooh, at the Chicago World Fair. Look at that. Best beer at the World's Fair, ranked number one, was Pabst Blue Ribbon, which is still a, a new hot shot at the scene at the time. It had been around for long before that, but, I mean, this is when it really, you know, like you're talking about Cracker Jacks. It's your, it's your world stage, baby. It's the World Let's Fair. PBR is like, here we go. We won't be yep. called PBR for another 100 years. We're still at the Blue Ribbon, Pabst Blue Ribbon, America's number one beer. Yep. Uh, but what one thing you could do while enjoying your PBRs at the time was uh, – Hold and on, Cracker I'm on Jacks. the wrong side of my notes here. And your juicy fruit. Um, it was, uh, as Joe said, to compete with the Eiffel Tower, they want, said, I want to out-Eiffel the Eiffel. And uh, the man who set out to make that happen was uh, one Daniel Burnham. He, you know, it was his, uh, he was like, he was the one like, I, we need to do something better than what France did in 1889. Something bigger than the Eiffel Tower. You can't let the France and out, that came, idea... That uh, idea came from a man called George Washington Gale Ferris Jr., who was originally hired just to in, like inspect the steelwork that was going on through building the fair. And he went to Burnham with this plan, and he was like, no, no, you can't do it. He goes, no, 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 I'll, I'll pay my own money. I'll run my own test, make sure it's safe. And he did, and it worked. And Daniel Burnham gave him the uh, okay, and that was, of course, the Ferris wheel. The George Washington was, Gale Ferris Wheel. Ferris wheel. Shortened to Ferris wheel. A large wheel on a rotating axis that can carry passengers in a circle. So not only is this the first Ferris wheel in the history of the planet, it also was fucking enormous. It it held like a uh, a couple hundred people, right? It wasn't just like a... Oh, the one at Six Flags is like 20 feet tall. It's it's even bigger than the one at the fair. It's like, yeah, this thing was massive. It was supposed to be like Eiffel Tower combating. It was... 264 feet tall. Eww. It had 36 carousels, and each carousel could hold 60 people. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Getting up there, <laughs> I'd be shitting my pants. And it's the first one ever. We're about first one ever. And unlike unlike a lot of the you know technology getting unveiled, this was not electric. This was a steam-powered Ferris wheel because they couldn't take this new technology and go. Not Let's do this because this has also never been done. Yeah. And uh, so it, they charged riders 50 cents to get on. And the Ferris wheel made $1.4 million in the six months that the Chicago World's Fair was open. Imagine like how much money that is at the time for inflation. <laughs> Good God. You'd be yeah. fucking nuts to get on that thing. I wouldn't get on now. So each carousel... Are you kidding me? Gondola held 60 people? Like each yes. box? Yeah, So boxes. 36 times 60. That's how many people would ride it at once. What the it's fucking fuck? fucking crazy. 
Someone do the math. One. Not me. You like, can do it at home, like, folks. crammed in there like a sardine can, and like then it goes. It's fucking insane. No, it'll, Joe, you're gonna have to put up a picture yeah, during it. Just oh, I'll definitely have pictures. Yeah. Quite spacious. Insane. They are big. Oh, that's like the thing is massive. Thing is a school bus. Yeah. Of people going around. Dude, Twenty yeah. stories high. Yeah, how many there. times do you see it? Where like the so that's like if uh, if the Wright brothers' first plane was a Boeing seven forty seven. Yeah. Like, look, we did it. Yeah, yeah, we did it oh, as big as yeah. it's ever going to be done. Yeah, literally. Like, their first plane was the Wright Flyer, but it was a uh, Antonov two two twenty five, the one that just blew up in Ukraine. Like they're like, it's that big, but it's old. <laughs> it's steam powered. Yeah, it's steam powered. Steam powered. Yeah, that's so funny too. He's like, oh, I'm gonna taste all this. I'm gonna test all the safety stuff. To make sure the steel works. It's like, who cares about the steel? What the hell is this thing? I feel like any number of things could have gone wrong with this. <laughs> Yeah. The well, steel like, could be just wait, fine, and everything else could be fucky. Dude, there's not even a dude, like the 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 ship that you know? spins around like this at, at Six Flags is terrifying. That doesn't yep. yeah. hold sixty people. Imagine like, the, and it goes like ten feet up. This thing is a two hundred feet in the terrifying air. Terrifying and heavy as fuck. Imagine how heavy oh. this thing is. And how Imagine how heavy this fucking thing is. It's insane. The there's bearing, no aluminum the at all. It's all just fucking steel, solid steel. Yeah, imagine the bearings and the, everything and like. Make it, so how big the shaft has to be through off. the middle is probably like six feet tall. Just the shaft going through the middle to support it all. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You think about like the the the, the premiere of you know uh, steelwork innovation and technology that came uh, you know it's probably started somewhat a decade after, but the Titanic, you know, like what that looked like, and that that was twenty or thirty years in the future from when this Ferris wheel was. Right. Make something yeah. that strong and that good and that safe. And it never sank. And it never sank. That's a good point. That's a good point. That first. And as far as I know, no one actually got got killed from it at the World's Fair. Like it didn't. It didn't actually fuck up. It actually worked. Like it was a success. That's insane. Pretty good. Now, uh, do we want to talk about some of the uh, not not quite the uh, where Joe's really dying to talk about? Mm. Um, There were some uh, racial issues with the 1893 Chicago World Fair. Bullshit. <laughs> There's no way in even Chicago though... in the in the quote unquote white city <laughs> during the World's Fair that there was any racial issues. I, I do I do recall hearing something about um a constituent of African American folks that wanted to show off the new inventions of the African American community because the Civil War ended thirty years prior, around maybe forty. Like it's pretty fresh. You could have been born in the Civil War, you'd only be 40 years old right now. Has it not been? 30, so like, I can see how people. The, end of the 60s. 30. Yeah, 30, right? Yeah, so yeah. The, it was 63, something yep. like that. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, we could have been born in the Civil War. We'd be this old now, and that would be how far away from the Civil War. And like, But you're telling me there's racial problems, Dom? Because I don't yeah. know what the... they were. Yeah, there was, they were really trying to get uh, you know a lot of African American inventors in there to show what they could You're do telling they me they couldn't bring join. one jar of peanut butter to the fucking World Fair? <laughs> Nope. Um, okay, there I'm obviously kidding. There for, there's there... way more shit than that that they invented. <laughs> there's way more shit. It's pretty impressive too, especially with with all the uh, the hindrance they had on them, of course. Yes. Um, but yeah, so there, were, there weren't allowed to be any booths run by African American or Native American uh, people. Racist. There were a few ways people were able to work their way in, like uh, Frederick Douglass did by being. Uh, Basically, like the Famous. diplomat for hate for Haiti. To oh yeah, talk, yeah. At the, uh, talk at the Haiti booth, and he used his time there to talk about racism in America. People got pissed at him. Good for him. To the point where someone argued something like 
shouted out at him in the crowd, and he took his notes and threw them up and ragged on the guy for 20 minutes off the top of his head. <laughs> that guy's the <laughs> shit. We should do a podcast on Frederick Douglass, dude. That guy's fucking awesome. Uh, there were some... Uh, uh, how did how, what was it? There, there were Hate some uh, like native booths that were allowed, but they were in the entertainment district. Yeah, let's not take it too seriously. It was, it was, do, a, do a rain dance. It was used and, you know. as a. They were basically it was basically a people zoo. It's like you, know, you can see how they those barbarians live, wow. and people would just walk around and look at them and like toss pennies at them and stuff. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked. Definitely fucked. But we expect anything less from America in the eight, late 1800s. I mean, come on. It, no. It's the way it is. I'm not forgiving them for it, but it, it's it's understandable for the time. But yeah. And on that, that slightly depressing note, I think we should take our first most break till we get to the what actually went down at the World's Fair. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I ever get on the Ferris wheel because it's... Also, the end of the song is starting to You're good. Now you can go. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> guys and gals, dogs and cats, we're back. Uh, the Bill and Joe based podcast with Dom and Joe and Dylan. World's Fair. Thanks for letting us be. Joe, uh, you got something to say, uh, but Dom also has something on his plate, right? Uh, yeah, I, it's a pretty important thing I have on my plate here. It's uh, <laughs> it's actually not that important because I've already said everything that was Oh, here. okay. Okay, but, uh, so we're good on Your plate's clean, then. But uh, that, that's that's everything. Well, it's definitely not you clean. You finished your vegetables? But it, is, it is done. There's nothing left on the plate. <laughs> I finished my Cracker Jacks. I don't care if you ever come back on this podcast. Yep. All right, Joe, what's on your plate? <laughs> on my plate? Well, I already kind of alluded to the idea that there's just a crazy time of expansion in Chicago. They had to build, like, I don't know, 100 buildings in five years building, like, leading up to this whole thing. I mean, I'm not just talking about the paper mache rock ones they did for the thing. I'm talking about rebuilding Chicago in general. And it might have been something mixed up in the little bag there. Um, because someone was allowed to build a murder castle in the middle of Chicago and no one fucking noticed. Which you'd think you'd notice. <laughs> If someone builds a murder castle in a major city, I mean, obviously, there's still the super rich people today that can build, you know, murder mansions, but they have to be much more sneaky about it, and murder they have to be kind of like... what the, the rich people call it now. Huh? 
like Jeffrey Epstein Island, it's it's now. Oh yeah, you have to do it on an island. Yeah, you can't just do it in the middle of the city. You have to be kind of sneaky yeah. about it and all stuff like that. Yeah. But the man I want to talk about built one in the middle of the Chicago city during this time, and uh, he, he, he more than got away with it. I'm talking, of course. Oh yeah, he. Yeah, I'm talking, of course, about who's dubbed America's first serial killer. I don't know if that's true because you can tell by this story, the cops weren't really on top of shit. Like, at all. So there could have been multiple serial killers before this. This is the first one that was caught and famous. And that's a man by the name of H.H. Holmes. Or you might know him by his birth name, Herman Webster Mudgett. Which is one of the best cases, so I understand why someone changed their name. (laughs) Your name is Herman Webster Mudgett. How are you supposed to be uh, a cool cat serial killer with that kind of name? H.H. Holmes, now that sounds sexy. Herman is a fucking name. Uh, what's that? Herman. In Bad Santa, Herman Mudgett. The, no, in Bad Santa, the boy, his, his name is Herman... Um, oh, is it? I don't remember. I just remember his face. Because I'm looking up, his name is so... He's like... Because <laughs> he's getting shipped out in school, and Billy Bob Thor looks at him in, in his report card, and he's like, your name... Oh, it's Herman Merman. <laughs> Herman <laughs> Merman. He's like, your name is Herman Merman? He's Dude, like, that's... Oh, Kid, <laughs> I wonder give this shit beat out of you. That's like, like uh, no chance. He's like this bad kid named Herman Merman. So Herman Webster kid. Mudgett. That's his name, right? Herman yeah. Webster Mudgett. Yeah, Herman Webster, like Webster Dictionary, like Webster, like the oh, the television guy, show. right out of the gate. <laughs> Mudgett given very little good cards in his playing deck. Herman yeah, and, and the cards don't get any better. He was born I'm in a small town. People. That's all I can do with this name. That's all he can do. He's got to fight back. He was born in a town called Gilmanton in New Hampshire, which at the time had a population of 5,000 people and now has a population of 5,100 people. I don't actually know, but (laughs) it's a small town in New Hampshire. It's near one of the ski resorts. Is it? I've never been. Something that you might not notice when you're visiting uh, downtown Gilmanton is there's no mention of Herman Mudgett being from there. Almost like they're not proud of it. It's like this is your most famous resident who graduated to be <laughs> literally your most. It's famous literally person. the most famous person you're ever going to produce. I mean, I don't care what the reasons are for it. <laughs> but when little Herman Mudgett was growing up in Gilmanton, he had a, a mother who would not really help him out, was pretty distant, and a father who was an abusive uh, drunk. And he they're all Bible thumpers too. So that's about right. So he's got a good setup for life. Yeah, that's uh, that's like uh, that's Line like uh, well for what I thought he would be. The quadratic equation for uh, yeah, being a serial, serial killer. killer. It's it's a loving mother, abusive father, stuck in religion, whether you want to or not. Yeah. Uh, a mother. Who's he had all the distant. recipe that needed to be there. Yeah, everything on his plate. <laughs> but except for one thing, chemical chemical X, X which was spilled in <laughs> in his teen years. But yeah, his dad was a complete piece of shit. He used to beat the hell out of him, standard operating procedure. He used to lock him in a room and let him starve. He used to um, tie him down to a chair and you know yell Bible verses at him and just you know all the cool shit that you're gonna instill in your kids. I think be a serial killer. Yeah, one. you know, sloppy steaks, sloppy steaks, chicken spaghetti, chicken oh, yeah, wings. Gotta be a real He's piece a real of shit. Piece. And his his yeah, his hair was slicked back. Just yeah. making a murderer. Uh, season one, eighteen, fucking. Yeah, he was a real Brendan Dassey of uh, New Hampshire at the time. <laughs> and, he, uh, and so, yeah, so then you can imagine that lifestyle. And plus, you now you're going to school and you're being abused at home, so you're being weird. So then all the kids make fun of you for being called Herman Mudgett and they beat the hell out of you there. Herman. And so really his whole life was hell. And he went on to take that out on... Uh... Oh, go so ahead. Funny. They're calling him Budget Mudgett and beat the shit out of him because he's poor. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're on a budget, budget? You fucking poor. Bringing your banana to school? Stomping on him. <laughs> Stomping on his bananas. Yeah. But that was one element he didn't have, though, because his family did have money, though, which which is even worse, because it's like they could have provided for him, but they starved him on purpose to punish him for being alive and weird shit like that, you know? Poor guy. So Mudge is getting it at home. He's getting it at school. And so he starts taking it out on the uh, the wildlife in New Hampshire, which is now if you're looking at your serial killer killer bingo card, uh, abusing animals, take another one off of the list. Ding, ding, ding. Going to have a great future ahead of you. First thing. Small animals, so he takes he takes that on the animals. So as he goes to school, he's he's very smart kid, and uh, we'll see from the rest of his uh, lifetime here. He is, uh, if anything, he's not stupid. He's he's a really smart dude, if not a complete piece of shit. Uh, and he does really well, and he goes to college, and he goes to college for uh, to, to medical school. He wants to become a doctor, which is not easy uh, back then. Even it's even more difficult now. But he becomes uh, a doctor. Uh, and he, he becomes a pharmacy technician. So what do you call it? A doctor of chemistry, whatever you want to call it there. Uh, he, he learns about human biology. He learns about, um, you know, different chemicals and different substances you can take and all the shit when he's at school. But I forgot to mention a very formative part of his life that he also might have – this might have been part of his serial killer uh, chemical X mixture, which is one time when his friends uh, uh, kidnapped him. Uh, in order to bully him and abuse him, and they brought him to a doctor's office. And at the time, doctors used to use actual human skeletons in order to like look at the human anatomy. And so there was an actual human skeleton. They held him down and they grabbed the skeleton hand and they put it in his face and they rubbed it all up in his face. And he said he was absolutely horrified and disgusted. And Mr. Mudgett remarked, well after that, he said, "And that was the last time I was ever afraid of anything." Chilling. God, chilling. <laughs> His whole life ahead of me is like I knew from that moment on I wasn't going to be scared about anything anymore. I've had I've had a human bone rubbed on my face at a young age. Nothing's going <laughs> to yeah. pass. Well, in a serial killer kid brain, he's like, "All right, this is my thing now. I'm terrified of this, and that means I'm going to do it to everybody for the rest of my life." It That's what I should do. Never now. get worse than this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the power back. I'm going to do all this shit to everybody else now. So that is one of the reasons why he got so interested in the human body and all that shit. Went to school for it. He got married in New Hampshire uh, to a lady that he didn't really care for much, but you know he had a lot of ladies in his life, and he ended up getting a shit ton of money from her family, even more than what he had. So he used that money to say, "Why don't you stay here with our newborn son we just uh, sired after our marriage, and I'm going to go to Chicago and open up a pharmacy. I'll call for you when I need you." A.K.A. I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, and they're not going to get divorced. I mean, it's you know, it's the eighteen hundreds. He's off. He's off to see the wizard. He, he goes to Chicago. He starts working for a while as a pharmacist. Opens up his own pharmacy. And when we think of pharmacies, we think about like CVS, Walgreens, maybe Walmart's got one. Uh, when you think he's a pharmacist, you think about like, he works behind the counter, and gets paid like thirty bucks an hour to fill pill bottles. No, no, no. This is before the FDA. You open up a store full of potions and you just sell them to people and you say it's it's yeah. you're you're ma- you're making making <laughs> yeah, medicine. Yeah. I mean that's why like over in the UK they still they don't you're not a pharmacist. Yeah, you're a yeah, exactly. They, they're still chemists. Yeah, still. It's just... Mudgett, I have a cold. What do you prescribe me? Here's some heroin, cocaine, and cat boogers and cyanide <laughs> and lavender. <laughs> we'll put a little mercury in there too, just because we know that works. <laughs> just for the taste. Just a oh, yeah. little taste. 
just for the taste. Because <laughs> a nice metallic taste. That way you know your taste buds yes, are still working. Yes, and if you have a wife, uh, make sure yeah. she blows tobacco smoke up your asshole twice a day. Remember that. For vim and vigor. And then never wash it. Exactly right. And, uh, yeah, Joe, I don't know if this is going to jump a little ahead of what you're going to say about his life, but I'm just going to go for it. Uh, another thing he did was, uh, and he was really good at because he was so smart, was insurance fraud. He would do a lot of scamming. That's how he made a lot of money off of people doing he stuff like was that. Some of it was out of his own pharmacy. All day long. Uh, we're going to talk about him being a, a killer, which we already talked about. Talk about him being a pharmacist, whatever. Yeah. Killing his... Killing it with the taking scamming money was his too. number one gig. He was the one of the best scammers I've ever heard in my life. He had not just like two scams going at a time, or like one particular scam. Like the insurance fraud was one of his biggest scams, the most lucrative. But he had every scam you can think of. You know, obviously selling snake oil, saying it's going to make you cure cancer or whatever. He would uh, do insurance fraud. He would he would steal horses. And sell them to it in a different state. He would buy bulk items and sell them away. He built all of his empire. We're coming up here all on credit, and then never paid them back. And then he just disappear. He he had everything worked out. This guy must have had a fucking like a genius brain to get all these scams going at the same time. And and also by all accounts, very charming dude, which is often synonymous with being a serial killer because it's easy to get away with shit if you can explain it away and people like you. It's also easier to, to lure yep. people into your life if you're charming and handsome, which I wouldn't consider him handsome, but you know, maybe by 1800 standards, he was a, he was a real stud. I know, pretty sweet mustache pretty on that mustache, man. mustache, but you know, at the time, a lot of people had mustaches like that, so he wasn't really as standout as he was now. Yes. But yeah, as Dom said, he was a uh, insurance fraud, and we're not talking about you know writing up a, a fake document and trying to cash out on it. We're talking about buying a cadaver grinding up all his uh, features, taking out an insurance policy on a, on a fake person and then cashing it in, giving them that body and going, yeah, that's the guy who died. Pay up. And they're like, I guess we have to. How else would you have a dead body? Yeah. We don't We don't have any we way to tell. We can't identify it. Obviously, you, you're, I mean, you, you're medical Let's, training, so you know. You're a very successful businessman. <laughs> you have no criminal record. Why should we not believe I mean, you? That is some hardcore shit. <laughs> he would give them dead bodies and be like, yeah, what are you going to do? There's no DNA, no dental records, so you can't do any of that shit now. So that just that's my buddy who I took out an insurance policy on. Now you get to pay up. He did that multiple times over multiple years for that one. And one of his uh, one of his best scams, I think, was um, uh, I'll, actually I'll get into him building the murder castle now because that, that's one of his best scams. It all has to do with taking out credit and then Bernie Madoffing it before even Bernie Madoff existed, and then paying creditors with new credit. And then disappearing, and then being like, no one can catch me. So, I'll fast forward to... And also, having having an initial plan that is something the city would want out of you, and doing it, but adding your own shit literally on top <laughs> literally of it. On top. <laughs> so, so, I'll fast forward to uh, a couple of years before the World's Fair. He's, he's, he's all posted up in here, and he's got his idea that he's going to build this murder castle. He doesn't tell anybody that's what it's called, and even him in his life never said it was called the murder castle, but it was. It was about 100 feet by 50 feet in a, in a block in Chicago. And when he was building this big, uh, which he, he I think he listed as a hotel because it had all these rooms and he was going to rent them out. He did, uh, yes. Which is justified. Oh, it's a business. You know, I'm a businessman. I'm going to build a hotel. But what he would do is... Yeah, and know, knowing that the World Fair is coming up and they're going to need places to Ding, ding, ding. He, he's looking ahead. Like I said, he's smart. He's smart. He's a scammer, but he's a smart guy. So he's building this thing. 
And one of the aspects of him building it is that obviously he's taking out a bunch of credit that he's not going to pay back in order to build it. And he's hiring separate contractors and, and firing them almost immediately. Like a week in, two weeks in, you're fired. You're fired. Just complaining, complaining, keeping everybody in the dark so everyone who built a part of this murder castle had no idea what all the other parts were like. Only he knew what the full picture was. And if you want to think half those guys got paid, you're wrong. He didn't even pay half of them. He just had all these scams and crazy things going on. And one of my favorite scams that was part of the murder castles, he bought all this furniture. He used to flip furniture. He would buy furniture on credit, and he would sell it fast enough so that when they came to repossess it before he paid them, he would disappear. So he would, he would fill up a whole place of furniture, sell it all, and then move. And then they go show up to repossess the furniture. The furniture would be long gone. The cash would be with him, and he'd be gone. So he did the same trick with the murder castle. He got all this furniture for it. And the creditors were coming after him constantly. He was always on the run, which was easier back then. And they said, we're coming, and we're going to take the furniture. But they thought ahead of time. They go, this guy's been on the run for a bit. I don't know. if He's kind of sketchy. So they sent out one of their agents to park outside of his murder castle and watch for him to try to unload all the furniture. They're like, this guy... We got, we got a feeling he's going to try to move all the furniture away, and then when we show up, it'll all be gone. We can't repossess it. But the guy sat out there for a whole day, no furniture ever left, no one left the whole building. So then when they kind of repossess the furniture, a bunch of guys show up, they walk in the house, all the furniture is gone. And Holmes is like, I don't know what you're talking about. You guys already repossessed it. They're like, no, we didn't. We're here now to repossess it. He goes, well, where is it then? I didn't, I didn't leave this place. Obviously, you have it. <laughs> And the guy, they're like, no, 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 no. Obviously, you did something with it. Like, well, well, you have a guy parked outside the whole time, right? So where the fuck is it then? And they're like, oh, you mudget. They call them homes. <laughs> and they left. What he did was he put all the furniture. You have a homes. Where's our furniture? He put, is it in your homes? He put all the furniture. He had this massive basement room. He put it all in there. He demolished the door, bricked the whole wall, plastered over it. So it's all in this room that looks like a wall. He erased it. No the house swallowed the furniture. And he wow. got away with it, too. They never they never came back to get it because they couldn't figure out what it was. Meanwhile, he's like, yeah, sucker. <laughs> All I have to do is tear this wall down. It'll be easy peasy. Mr. Holmes, tear down this wall. <laughs> Where's the furniture? Tear down this wall. So, so that was murder <laughs> castle and 10,000 things going on. 10,000 different schemes going on at the same time. I don't understand how anybody has the energy for any of this shit. That's my first thing, because I know people... Dude, hey, thank you for bringing that up, because... Well, you're forgetting that he's not scared of well, anything. Know, right, but just this the mental capacity to keep 20 different scams going at the same time... It's too much work. Yeah, even just to run one of those scams, it's got to be like, oh my god, i got to keep track of this. He's doing a credit scam, he's doing an insurance scam. Also... He's doing the fucking, you know, snake oil where he's making this fake potions for his store. I mean, he's, he's in a hundred directions at once. He's got a wife in New Hampshire that has no idea where the fuck he is. He, he owes her money. He owes everybody money. He's just up and gone, and he's quick as hell, just moving from place to place. But now he's built his murder castle. Now, it was finally built just in time for the World's Fair, 1893. And now the hotel guests are going to be coming into this creepy-ass hotel. They don't know it's creepy yet. Part of the mansion. Includes rooms such as the blind room, the dark room, the torture room, the dungeon, the rack, the mystery room. These are all rooms that the police gave it afterwards as they as they walked through the house. It includes such things as trap doors, 
literal trap doors, uh, hallways that went nowhere, uh, rooms that didn't have exits, ju just one way in and it just all bricked around and no windows, as well as a kiln in the basement that you could burn bodies in. He also had multiple gas lines leading to rooms. They were supposed to lead to stoves, but he just had gas lines leading into rooms where you could just turn it on, just gas people in their yep. sleep. And if they wouldn't die with carbon monoxide poisoning, he could always light a match and fucking burn them to death in their own bedrooms. So the guy, uh, he was creative. Yeah. I mean, he also he also had the uh, he also had the, the secret hallways that were behind rooms, so he could get he around. He could sneak around, but no one else could him. see where he was coming. Yeah. So he had it all figured. I mean, basically, picture like a medieval torture castle built in Chicago in the 1800s. I mean, it was like the it's a it's a horror movie with this guy built. It's just this crazy, scary thing. Yeah. No one knew the way around it besides him. Like you said, there's false walls. There's all kind of secret tunnels, and then. If he killed you, he could just dump you down the fucking trash chute. You'd land in the basement of the torture devices. Yeah. He had a rack. Perfect. Uh, one of the ones where you tie your arms and legs up. He had all kinds of torture devices. Yeah, he stretched. Yeah, he had, you know, obviously. Yeah, I mean, this is, no. like, the perfect... Sport. No, they were supposed to make one. Saw? Starring... <laughs> they, there was talks of um, Leonardo DiCaprio playing H.H. Holmes and Scorsese doing the movie. Oh, and, that would be And they good. never did it, but I'm like, you gotta do it. It'd be a great movie. Yeah, the whole thing, the yeah. charming guy, the creepy castle, all the thing, it'd be awesome. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, it's it's the perfect business model. You offer a service, people come in, you poison them, bring them to your torture room, torture them till they die, then bring them down one more floor, cut them up and burn them, and there's no evidence of them ever. It's efficient, them. if nothing else. And part of his scam business, that I wanted to save until right now, is that he used to sell skeletons to. You know, doctor's offices and medical practitioners, because like I said before, they still use real human skeletons, and the whole code about cadavers is really fast and loose at the time. So he actually would make money off of either stealing people's money who he killed, or torturing them into telling them how they get fraud, setting up an insurance policy on them, and then after he was all done milking every last cent of them, he'd sell their skeleton to a, a college, and then make like 800 bucks. <laughs> I mean, what a fucking scam. I really think the guy might like money more than killing people, but he sure did like killing people too. But he'd also kill people not just by strangulation, uh, poisoning, uh, torture, but also starving them to death. And he would lock them in that the, the rooms that you couldn't get out of. Oh, I wonder how he got that idea. That's exactly what I was driving at, Tom. Thank you so much. <laughs> Literally, all the fucking things his parents did to him as a kid, he did it to other people. Almost yeah. like hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, he did everything except for uh, hold him down and read the Bible. Yeah, through. that he's probably like, yeah, I'm, I'm, even even I'm not sick enough no for that. Is, no one's even doing that. Yeah. yeah, that's next level shit. He's not that bad. He's like, what am I, a demon? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I as far as I'm concerned, that, that's what I want to talk about with AJ Holmes, all that crazy ass shit. Um, just just like storybook, like fantasy level villainy, and of course, as we're talking about during the World's Fair. You have a bunch of strangers coming in and out of your hotel. People who be from all around the world, all around the country. These people go missing. No one's looking for them for months and even years. Before. You can go, hey, Dad's going to the World's Fair. Yeah. You don't hear about him for a year. You think it's normal. He doesn't show up in you know, 18 months. You go, oh, something might be up. Way too late at that point. Yeah. Let me think about it. You know, Depending on where you're living, three months to get there. It's a six-month fair. You can't do everything all in one day. Maybe he's staying right. for the whole time. Three months back, you wouldn't even know they're missing until almost the fucking statute of limitations is up on murder at the time. Like it's it's too late, you know. The evidence, forget yeah. about. It. He's burning him up in the basement, or he's selling him to a college. I mean, he he had this shit figured out, and anyone who went in and out of there, you know, they they were no name people. But it wasn't just no name people. He was killing people he knew too, <laughs> and they still couldn't catch him. 
It was like uh, he wanted to get caught. Right. He was killing kids. He was killing women. He was killing men. He was killing everybody, and no one was catching the guy. It's that that perfect timeline where it was like, all right, we have enough of a, a structured society where we can, you know, I Where's can get money without having to actually spend yeah. my own money. But there's no real records yet. I mean, no, this is still back in time where you could show up in town, go to the post office, and go start expecting mail for an HH Holmes. They go okay, yeah. and then. A letter shows up, and you walk in a week later like, oh, uh, Mr. Holmes, we have your letter right here. No address. It just was being shipped by yeah, name. Yeah, that's good enough for me. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> no records of anything. It's all up in the air. I don't even know how people took out lines of credit when you could fucking ship out and move in a week later and be like, I thought you were a man of your word, Mr. Holmes. But no, I'm not. I've been scamming you for 20 years. I'm very far from a man of my word. I'm a fucking liar. I lie every day. Even when they ended up actually interrogating him many years later, he lied about the whole thing. Like he he said he killed people who were alive, and he didn't say he killed people who he did kill. Like yeah. the guy can't be trusted. Yeah, if you uh, follow his records, if you trusted every kill he said he did, it was a couple yeah. hundred people. But it was like confirmed. I think it was. 27. I think it's closer to that. It's nowhere near the number he said. Um, but on top of all this, part I didn't know about the story is that he actually had an Igor to his Doctor Frankenstein, and he had a henchman for a couple of years. And I'll, I'll put his name up here. I remember his name is you know Mr. Pitt Cairn or whatever, and BB yeah BB Jones. It's uh, his Stephen King alter ego. But the guy, <laughs> they 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 never tried him uh, in court, but they assumed he helped them with the you know the disposal of the bodies because the guy's like, hey, I mean, come on, I already built a murder castle. What am I gonna do? Lugging these bodies all the time? I'm, I'm a rich man. I'm a rich, powerful man. Yeah, he didn't move all that furniture. No, the no, he had help. Yeah, no, you think he? No, he didn't have he didn't have a contractor do it either because they, they would have talked. talked. Uh, so and actually, he he did kill one of the contractors too. <laughs> but now, do, do I don't know, maybe, maybe you're going to say it? But did he pay his Igor, or did he scam well, him too? Well, no. So he he did pay his Igor because the Igor was in on the scam. So once the guy's in on the scam, you you have to be careful about scamming them because they're already you know privy to your shit. You can't scam and a of course, scammer. If Igor did go to the police, he has a mountain of evidence. Even just the evidence of, let's say he didn't murder anybody. Check this place out. That'd be enough evidence to be like, oh, you're up to something. Like they didn't know what it looked like inside. Yeah. If they saw the fucking trap door and the, and the human remains in the fucking crematorium, they'd be like, all right, well, even if we can't charge you for a crime, we'll figure something out. They never did. But here's, you know, uh, you know what they should have done would have been a really mm. good thing is uh, if, if anyone ever got suspicious, a, a cop shows up. It's like, oh yeah, no, come on, come inspect it and put him into a room, lock it, turn the gas on. <laughs> I Classic wouldn't put it past room. him. I would not put it past. Him. <laughs> There's no radio interview. You know, take take the cops. If the if the cop one night, came on a horse and wagon, you take that. You bring it out of town. You sell the horse. You sell the wagon. If the cop came on foot, well, no problem. You just burn everything Bring with them anyways. See, now you're thinking like a. No, no. Sorry, you keep his uniform and you sell it to a crook <laughs> who can then rob with the uniform. See, See now you're thinking like a mudgeon. Genius. Now you got to figure it out. <laughs> There's always money to be had. Well, that's where the famous that's where the famous phrase comes from. Exactly. Thinking like a mudgeon. It's, it's not just about the killing; it's about the making the money. In the meantime, you know, obviously, you take all their rings off. You know, all their gold fillings. You sell those. I mean, the guy's a complete scumbag. Um, he even ended up. Uh, when 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 the uh, the law was closing in on him after about a hundred people went missing in the World's Fair, they go, "What the fuck's going on here at the Murder Castle?" <laughs> which is a shitty name for a hotel. 
Uh, who's the one guy who could <laughs> put his name out there? Mr. Igor killed him too. He fucking killed Igor. He killed this one guy. Oh, right. This would have been just the best movie ever because it would have been so funny. Oh, my God. They have to make it. They have to make God, it. So it has got to do this. So it's, you'd, you'd have to keep with the, the stereotype of Igor being, like, short, oh, stumpy yeah, of a hunch. Yeah, so yeah, it would be true. Leonardo DiCaprio as H.H. Holmes, uh, Danny DeVito oh, as Yeah, that'd be Igor. great. America's <laughs> clamoring for this. The script's already probably been written. You know, H.H. Holmes is all freaking out because he's like, God, oh, they're coming. They, they're starting to figure out. And Igor just goes... Can I offer you an egg in these trying times? Can I offer you an egg? <laughs> yeah. So he kills Igor, but the scam's not over then. Water, water for elephants vibe horror movie with the... <laughs> water with, for with, elephants. No, you know, You're yeah, talking about the Robert really, Pattinson movie that none of us have seen? I've seen it, and it was fucking Yeah, I've never seen it. And, uh, no, but it's like, you know, Carnival, Train, that era, you know, time. Yep. And then yep. you have the World's Fair in the background. So the first movie, like, in a long time that really shows the World's Fair and how beautiful it was. I mean, it's clown. It's a smash hit. The murder castle with fucking Igor and and you know whatever his name is. It's Mr. Mudge. It's 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 a no brainer. It really is. Fucking mint movie. Be so funny. Yeah, the murder castle alone would be cool, but it's the World's Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Be a great movie. So so he kills Igor, and the scam's not over yet because now. Igor's insurance money, that's his money. He's thinking, I, I need to, every time I kill somebody, I want the money. But his money goes to his wife and three kids. So he takes his new mistress. Also, he got married four times, by the way, Holmes, and he never got divorced. So you can imagine the, the charisma there, just always getting married. The alimony must have been Oh, terrible. yeah, the alimony, yeah. And uh, so he ends up taking, uh, when, he, when the, the pressure's on, he takes Igor's wife and kids and his mistress and his new kid all to Toronto to escape the law ends up killing Igor's wife and two of her kids to try to get the fucking <laughs> insurance money and the guy's out of control dude I just think it's like any small inconvenience he just just kills immediately <laughs> kills I'll take him with me he'll probably be fine and they'll like they want McDonald's in the car ride he's like okay alright fucking nuts you're getting gassed get the fuck out of here yeah. up so I can do you, this you know how go. much uh, kid skeletons are worth twice as much as adult skeletons alright you, you watch your mouth oh I'm sure well, I'm sure uh, you know cop skeletons would be worth more too. But you can't but say it's a cop. <laughs> sold it as this. This is a cop skeleton. <laughs> you can tell because it, his back is blue. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, you you carve, you carve a badge into his <laughs> tin star. Like it's a cop. Exactly. So anyway, so he, he uh, eventually this cell does come back at him because. Much like uh, all major crimes in the world, uh, especially back in the day, even still now, he doesn't get caught because of his, you know, dozens and dozens of murders and torture in his murder castle. He gets caught because he owes people money, and they want that fucking money. So a bunch of creditors get together. They all... It's my money, and I want it now. They all team up. Different creditors team up, and they hunt him down independently of the police, and they find him that way. That's how the police catch him because they needed to get money from him. The police weren't going to do shit about it. He was going to get away with this forever. But unfortunately, he should have just stuck to the killing and stopped all the money laundering and robbing. That's what gets the government interested in you. I mean, the mafia didn't go down because of murder. They went down for tax evasion. So that just tells you something about where people's priorities are. Yeah. And uh, he Also, uh, the main reason why moonshining is illegal. Can't tax, can't tax it. it. They don't care it's if you're... Regulated. Oh, it's, it's not safe. It's not... It's not. It's not because of how strong it is. They're like, well, we can't get any money off yeah. of it, so that's why you can't. It's like any 
That's why there's these things going on where like, oh, you're, you're going to have to start reporting uh, transactions from Venmo they on your taxes. They can't wet their beak. They got to wet their beak. So it's like, yeah. yeah that's what that, so uh, basically we're saying that HH Homes fell for the same reason that Venmo will go out of business. Someday. Exactly. And OnlyFans, too. Uh, so, yeah, he ends up actually going down um, convicted of murder, only one murder. And that murder is the murder of Igor. Because when they found his burned body, they found an evidence of chloroform. <laughs> and they go, if he died in a fire, why is there chloroform? And HH Holmes is like, how the fuck should I know? Weird question. I don't know. Huh. And they go, they go you're a chemist. chemist. <laughs> Yeah, can't you, don't you know how to make chloroform? <laughs> and and uh, uh. also, Mr. Holmes, dying of a fire doesn't count if it's in a drawer in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident. Could happen to anybody. I accidentally <laughs> locked him in the chest. I accidentally <laughs> cremated him when he's still breathing. <laughs> whoopsie. Can I get one whoopsie my whole life, please? All right, can I get one call to my three wives that live in New Hampshire, Indiana, a, and fucking Uno, Ontario, please? He's in court. They said, you murdered this man. He pulls out the Uno reverse no card you. and says, no you. <laughs> and he gets away with it again and go, Mr. Holmes, you've done it again. You're free to go. I mean, what a piece of shit, though. This guy's a real fucking shithead. I mean, not just a liar, no. uh, a thief, a scammer, uh, you know, uh, cheating on his wife, you know, torturing, murdering. I mean, just an all-around shitbag. But <laughs> nothing he didn't do. It's nothing he didn't drugs. do. He says, yeah, I, I, he's you know he was doing drugs. Women. He's a freaking pharmacist. He's probably no, getting into he's the fucking drugs, goods. doing drugs. Oh yeah, raping, killing, selling bodies. I mean, he's probably he used to go down. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure if, you, if you're <laughs> at this level, I'm sure there was some mild necrophilia. Uh, I'm involved. assuming so. <laughs> he never was charged bit. with that, but you know he got his his d wet, you know. But yeah, but I don't know. It's just a complete piece of shit, and I I just I. You know, some, so, something about seeing a corpse on a rack just really likes got that, him yeah. going. What's a rack? <laughs> it's a country. Dude. It's a country. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, four? Is that four in a row? <laughs> yeah, they're all natural, too. It's all natural, baby. Um, but, yeah, so I couldn't. I'm so excited because I, I could not talk about the World's Fair. I'm like, oh, fucking H.H. Holmes was in that shit. So all the exciting shit we talked about, yeah. all of I that. Never, I never realized plus, until this how close it was. Plus, They're like, it was that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Which I think is a huge reason why he got away with it because, like I said, to preface it, they built so many buildings. Also, they, uh, Mystery Incorporated wasn't around right, back then. They would then. have figured it out because the meddling kids weren't there. So. Those meddling but kids. yeah, there was no like oversight of like what are you building, why, how much money. It's just because they're all expanding so fast that he just kind of slipped through the cracks, which is his mo. Perfect scenario. Yeah. That that is the story of uh, and then, Herman uh, Budget. So what was it? it was was it was uh, I believe it was 1898 when he was finally uh, executed. He was uh, hanged in I believe in oh, New it was York. Pennsylvania actually. Pennsylvania. It's close. It's only one state away. They touch. Yep. Nice. And. How was uh, that? You know his last words. He looked over at the. Um, well, the, the the craziest thing was that uh, he took out a huge insurance policy himself. himself. The ultimate scam. So they buried <laughs> him with millions of dollars. He couldn't stop scamming until the very last. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, have a good authority. It's a bank account with a million dollars, and no one can ever touch it ever for the rest of the last. Fuck you. <laughs> <Still> <laughs> Oh, oh man! So yeah, so he gets up there uh, on the on the gallows, as it were, because this is not that long. They still did public execution, and uh, 
he apparently said to the executioner, he he leaned over to the guy and he goes, "Take your time, old man." And they kicked him out. They they hanged him. And how hanging is supposed to work, which you probably mentioned in the podcast before, is that it's supposed to drop you so violently that the rope snaps your neck. And uh, when your neck is severed, your brain only has so much longer before uh, that's it for you. And now that all your organs are separated from your your you know nervous system, but sometimes. Um, which ha- happened very often by accident because not everyone's an expert, and even less often, but sometimes on purpose, the drop wouldn't be big enough and uh, it wouldn't snap your neck. So H. H. Holmes took 15 minutes to die as he was slowly strangled by a rope in his own body weight. So at least there's a little bit of justice at the end of the story. There it took him quite some time to wriggle around. Just he wasn't so smooth up there when and he, he knew where his hat either. Suit. What, wrongful day, yeah. <laughs> malpractice. He <laughs> calls Morgan and Morgan because he didn't die quick enough and sues them. He, just, he probably would win that case too. That fucking sly bastard. Fucking stop getting money. Yeah, he'd know how. Well, that's uh, that's kind of like also uh, you know completely different beast, but with uh, a lot of times with guillotines, it wasn't sharp oh, enough yeah, to like be the first cut guy. all the way through one. They'd have to crank it back yeah. up and drop it again. Crank yeah. back up and drop it again. To get your head to in their defense, I think it was sharp enough so, when they started using it, but they just used it a hundred times yeah, in a no, day, was, and yes. they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's all caked up, you know? There was a thing where, like, you were, like, respected, like, the, you were, like, um, not the dirtiest dirtbag if you were the first one of the day to get your head cut off, because it was the sharpest yeah. then. And sharp yeah, you know, it's like uh, yeah, floppy seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Aren't you well, going to clean the blade? Uh, what do you care? Are you going to get infected? I You're fucking care. done. Like in Apocalypto, <laughs> Apocalypto you still don't know the name of it. It's fantastic. I don't fucking know, dude, because the band, you know, like Apocalyptica and then Apocalypto and then Apocalypse, it's all confusing. So, and I don't like that band. But anyways, um, uh, when they're they're all blue, they're painted blue, and they're getting their heads cut off at the top of the pyramid, I yeah. don't like that they don't clean the blade like if i was up there I'd it's gross like, right it's I'd, icky I'd, it's gross yeah i'd be like don't put their grody i don't want to get hiv <laughs> <laughs> imagine the balls be like you're just gonna i'm gonna get hiv from that uh that sharpened rock you're gonna carve my heart out with <laughs> will you at least wear gloves this is a surgery uh-huh. you're, you're disgusting and not even just for me for, for you. you yeah also, I mean, you can still get it. I mean, the blood splatter on your face, on your, like you're licking that, you're gonna get a, a blood yeah. disease. Yeah, uh, the, the world serpent is not gonna save you um, from AIDS. Just ask Freddie Mercury. But uh, there's also um, a Family Guy cutscene where it's they're talking about guillotines, and they say, "Well, you know, those things didn't always work first try." And it cuts to some guy coming home, and he just has like a flap of skin holding his head on his head, like over the side. And his wife goes, "Oh, how hi, honey, how did it go?" He goes, "They couldn't get through today, so I gotta go back tomorrow." <laughs> His head's just hanging off. <laughs> Nearly headless Nick, like Harry Potter. Hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. So that's all I got for H. H. Holmes. You guys want to take uh, our last commercial break and then talk about the the World's Fair happened after H. H. Holmes? Sure. Yeah. Divine synergy, divine energy In my prime like 9, so 95 But I'm down to ride on my enemy You ain't down to ride, well you better be Better get a vibe, get a bit of me Never let a mind, never let a dime Never let a rhyme get ahead of me That just ain't in my pedigree It's hunt the hearse till I hit the hearse No man, this ain't no mystery This will go down in history That world's fair, that queen shit That new York, that dream shit That all-star, that team shit That king's action, your queen, bitch 96 Knicks, and I'm feeling like Houston fresh off the bench With them clutch, three-pointers Got some weed for my 
consumption. Show from Queens to London, got the fans screaming lyrics that I wrote in my apartment. I can't see it. We got Yeah, we're good. You can't right, see me. Slice. Well, I'm Welcome smiling back at you. to the Dylan Joe Basin Podcast, World's Fair Edition, on this beautiful March something day, right before the start of the World's Fair, usually. So we're going to talk a little bit about a couple other words, World's Fairs, to wrap things up here, and there's an interesting yeah. one here, because it ties in It a didn't lot. all end in, in, in the uh, 1893 one. I mean, that was a famous one, obviously, for a lot of reasons, but it didn't end there. It didn't, and this was the the one I'm going to talk about was the second most expensive World's Fair of all time in the United States, and uh, it began in 1939 in Flushing, Queens at Corona Park. So uh, this one was a big deal because it was in New York, which is cool, and they had like a you know million pavilion million pavilions. Uh, the <laughs> that's another great band name. Yeah, that already happened. They got caught lip syncing though. Oh, sorry, that's Millie That's Millie Pavilli, <laughs> not Million Pavilion. So it had the amusement area, the transportation zone, the food zone, the USSR Pavilion, the Swedish, the whatever. So what you'll know is that this started uh, right after, it was four months prior to the opening of this one that World War II began when Germany invaded Poland. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's a really hot button issue, I imagine, at the time. Puts a real damper on your plans. Over those four months, you know, the Nazis, you know, took more territory too. In all those places, they all just wore black and had black shrouded things. Like it was totally uh, a thing. Yeah, that never happens now. Like when uh, Crimea got annexed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right. So. um, Still happens now. So it's interesting. So. at one point, uh, so New York City was getting bombed sort of frequently, like weird terrorist attacks in 1939, and so they're already on heightened alert of this, and um, so they're a little bit nervous, and there was like a lot of bomb threats. So there was a detective, and he took every single threat seriously and investigated all of them, and all of them turned out to be false, um, except one of them they uh, they went to investigate, and it was in the British Pavilion. And they went up to it and they heard it ticking, and they asked the guy like, "Hold your mic close to your mouth." It is. This is very close to my mouth. Oh, sorry. Good. So, they asked how long, uh, how long it's been there, and the guy said it's been over twenty-four hours. So he was like, "All right, well, as a bomb tech, that means that if it was going to blow up, it would have blown up already. So let's open this thing up." It blew up and it killed a bunch of police officers. Holy shit. Yeah. I never even heard of this. It was was this thing, and they were trying to figure out, and and the thing with this is, um, yeah, this killed a bunch of people, it was really bad, and um, the reason this is significant is because there was, uh, they still don't know who did it. Unsolved. leads, and they also think that um, they tried to, it was in the British Pavilion, and they have a lot of leads that were German, so... They well, Leeds is a city in England. Is that is that a lead? Um, I don't know. They have a lot. Of I think it's a pretty good lead. Suspect. So the interesting thing was it Richard that, Jewell? That fucking asshole. It could have been. Yeah. So uh, during that time, the British MI6 existed with Ian Fleming, the creator of James Bond, and yes. he. Uh, worked with a guy who was the original James Bond 
and he was Sean Connery in this somehow, and they're thinking his name was actually James Bond, and they're thinking that no, it he, wasn't. It was the original. There was James, an actual James Bond. There was an actual James Bond. He was a Welsh spy. The original James Bond was named James Bond, and he worked with Ian Fleming in the That's British crazy. Secret Service as a spy. So there's this slight conspiracy theory that he's someone who was seen around there at the time, and they're thinking that he framed the Germans for this explosion um, because they still just don't know the who Germans. did it. They don't know who did the bombs, and they set off two of them, and uh, and that's the story behind that. So you think it'd be like a false flag kind of thing where they're like, yeah. oh, we're gonna plant the bombs like the British bombed their own, you know, expo just to be like, hey, those fucking Germans, you know how they do it. Yeah, exactly. So, that's the 1940 World's Fair, but a uh, fun fact Damn. about it is that they unveiled the uh, time capsule that um, was the Westinghouse time capsule, which was not to be opened till the year 6,939. <laughs> that is so aggressive. They, that's so they crazy. Imagine, imagine being like, <laughs> hey, it's 1900. Let's bury this for 7,000 years. <laughs> I mean, human civilization hasn't even been around for 7,000 years in earnest. Unless we're talking about Gobekli Tepe, of course. But I'm saying the kind of shit where you're like, we have nuclear bombs coming up here pretty soon. <laughs> let's yeah, let's, let's just open it up. <laughs> we know we have now well, found a way to believe... kill our own planet. Let's 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 open this thing up. Well, and yeah. the best thing is is that there's fucking nothing in it. It's uh, it has uh, it's writings by Albert Einstein and Thomas Mann, copies of Life magazine, a Mickey Mouse watch, a Gillette safety razor, a Cupid doll, six a thousand dollar, years, a dollar, a pack of Camel cigarettes. <laughs> um, hey, hold on now, that's that's a hot chicken item there. Yeah, some seeds for things like wheat and cotton. Um, okay, that's kind of reasonable. Yep. Racist. And um, and a few cigarettes that someone also smoked and then put in there. That's cute. Oh, they like, left the uh, box. Millions of pages of case people leaving their butts where they should not be. Put Did everyone just caps. empty their pockets in this thing? And then, well, 6,000 <laughs> years would be good. Yep. Pretty it's much. not even relevant now. It's 100 years. I mean, it's, it's, oh my God. That's so stupid. It's really dumb. And a Thank God they opened things, it up. Like, nylon fabric was, uh, you know, unveiled and um, pretty much. Uh, what an insane thought that, like, we're going to put our future technologies in this time capsule. That's not what a time capsule is. <laughs> They're not going to be impressed by your nylon in the year 6,000. No, no, no. The nylon wasn't put in it. The nylon oh. was unveiled. I'm just saying that. Oh, that, okay. The time I thought that was the same thing. Was, okay, the time yeah, capsule yeah. was a big thing, but then, there, then oh, other things the that got of nylon. That this one was nylon. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, I, I, so I, I have Synthetic substances. I can start using to oil to make things. I, I contributed to a time capsule once, and cool. uh, basically it's not it's not that <laughs> right, impressive. Moving on, because nice. hold on, hold on. I'm just because in comparison, this stuff is just as bad as what I thought I should have put in a time capsule. I was eight years old at the time. Keep that in mind. It was for Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts, and what did I put in my time capsule in the time capsule, which was one of those metal Dutch cookie tins. Uh. Pokemon. An electric energy card from Pokemon. That's a, that's what I was going to guess. Pokemon <laughs> card. Yes, yeah. Guessed it. 
That's great. I appreciate. I'm gonna put my Charizard in there. I'll put one Dude, of the energy Joe, cards. Joe, Joe, we buried a time capsule in the front yard of St. Michael's. Where the fuck is that now? Oh gone. yeah, we it's did. Gone. There was a bunch know, of lame shit in it too. But oh, hold on, St. Michael's is still there. So yeah, no, yeah, the, the grass yeah, wait, might still be there. there. Is the grass still there? I don't know. I'm digging that thing up. I'm gonna, I have a metal detector. I'm going to tell There's him. something in there. Yeah. For sure. To be fair, my time capsule that we did is at near IC Church next to a statue. It was supposed to get dug up like eight years ago, and it never happened. And I was like, oh. Oh, so you, Pokemon you, it wasn't back. too early. It was too late now. you got to dig it up now. But yeah, who's keeping track of this? I know. I think I'm going to get right to people and be like, I'm going to open this fucking thing. All right, Dylan, we got to start digging up St. Michael's and be like, it's for science. Yeah, we'll be like... This I'm is, pretty sure the Vatican would be pretty bad if you took up St. Michael. I'll call the paper, and I'll be like, we're going to open this thing now. He never no died. He's remembers. an angel, you fucking heathen. No one remembers <laughs> when the fuck we're supposed to open it. It's, it's, like, it's like one of those things where a solid skips liquid and goes right to gas. He didn't die. He went from being a human to an angel. <laughs> no, he went from being an angel to still being an angel. He was never a human. He's an archangel, you dip. Oh, my gosh. Are you someone, telling me right, that Martha, your school... You better watch this. Yeah, hold He's on, going hold to hold hell. Hold on. You're telling me that your school didn't even worship an actual person. They worship an angel. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Back at conception, worship Mary. And no, they worship the idea of God person. fucking Mary, which is not the same as Mary. Because there's St. Mary's, but there's also the, the Church the of the same. Immaculate Conception. No, no, no. It's the Church of the Mary getting pregnant. It's totally different than the Church of Mary. But yeah, no, Dylan's right that we didn't need to dig that shit up. And there's probably yeah. Pokemon cards in that one too, to be honest. I don't know how oh old Oh my we god, were, but... worth so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because this Pokemon card's been underground for 20 years. Mm. And it's it probably is. Um, pay for it. I don't know how uh, hermetically sealed that box yeah, is. Yeah, what did you, what'd you put it in? Because I know for a fact the one that we did in the, the cookie tin, the, tin, the cookie tin's gone. Oh. You think that it's gone? definitely rusted out. Oh, Definitely yeah. rusted out from rainwater seeping into the ground, and that thing's dissolved. Yeah. And anything inside, that I feel wasn't like what we did was metal as well. Yeah, yeah, it probably was. We would have thought of that. Plastic so, is the way to go. Uh, you know. Yeah. So uh, a couple other things. So we went over like big deal things. The World's Fair. As we kind of wrap this up, Eiffel Tower, yeah. Ferris wheel, X-ray machine at the 1901 one in Buffalo, New York. Yes, Ontario. let's talk about the X-ray machine. 1901. Because, uh, I would not have guessed the, it that. Was, uh, Dylan, what where, what city was the 1901 World Fair at? Buffalo. In Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Imagine was, the last time Buffalo was relevant. Well, it's, yeah, and then they made their wings. Um, the, in, the very interesting thing they about had the, the 1901 World Fair. World Fair. Yes, and uh, the they voted. Oh my God, that's insane. It was also the site. Uh, well, not at the World Fair, but in the same area was the site of the third presidential assassination when William McKinley was shot on the train platform and Thomas Edison was debuting his x-ray machine he said bring him here I can show you where the bullet is and they didn't trust it and they didn't do it and they never got it out and he died because of it that's wild and he died from Edison's always that's how fucking old of a time this was yeah no one died from blood loss. They always died from uh, gangrene and infection <laughs> yeah. and shit. Fucking gangrene. So, X-Ray Machine, next up on the list is the 1962 World's Fair in Seattle, where the Space Needle was invented. 
That's why I should have known that it kept going because I I learned that the Space Needle is the the most recent in the line of mega structures yes. made for the World's Fair. I should have known. Pretty that. wild. Oh, also, this is I I completely forgot to say this earlier. Um, there were the Chicago World Fair 1893. There were two buildings, and by that, well, two buildings that survived, and by that, it's really two of the things that were in the building. One of them was an art building, mm-hmm. and that became the. Ugh, don't know what it's called. From, the Art from Museum the fire of Chicago. Or the World's Fair. No, from the World's Fair. World's Fair. So by survived, build- you mean just people didn't get rid of them? They held on to these things. I'm saying no. I'm saying so. Sur- all the buildings were taken down, but two institutions oh, okay. maintained through the World's Fair because it was like well, this is uh, this is the World's Fair Art Center, and that turned gotcha. into Chicago's Art Museum, where the famous scene from oh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where they're staring at that painting over and over. That was from the it, World's uh, Fair. Yeah, and up until, I think it was the 1920s when they finally moved it from the World's Fair building, which was only meant to be up for a year or two, into yeah. its current place now. So it, it's less that the buildings are still there, but institutions that were established because of the fair, two of them are still in Chicago. One's nice. an art museum, and I, I forget what the other one is. But You son of a, a bitch. Big, stop saying that... two. I. Uh, it's the beautiful building Two. that, like, the most, uh, one you've seen all the pictures is the one that's still standing, and it looks very much like a, like, the Capitol uh, space building needle. or something. So, cool. uh, other things that came out of the World's Fair in 1964, back to New York, Ford Mustang. Mm. Sick. The 64 and a half. Wow. <laughs> you know, the major inventions of time. This one? Cracker Jack. this one? <laughs> Mustang. Yeah. Crackerjack, Mustang, Space Needle, X-ray Machine, Time Capsule. Uh, no, so 1960. Sexy. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so there's sexy. a lot of X's in this word, <laughs> in the, this thing here. So it says, IMAX Movies 1970 Expo Osaka, Japan. Okay, a lot of Oh, sexy. Japan finally got theirs. A lot of sexiness years. going on. 1970, we got IMAX Movies. They're not nice. that long. That's a I, long I guess time. It, I guess it, it didn't. Well, obviously, it must have like been really popular, then died down. Then a furniture store was like, "Hey, we can do that." <laughs> yeah, exactly. The only reason I think it just took, it took so long to reach the public. Like you know, the World's Fair in Chicago, the whole thing was electrified, and most people didn't have like you know porch lights until like fifty years later. So you know how it goes. Yeah. Last but not least on the list is 1982's World Fair in Knoxville, Tennessee. Everyone gets two guests. No, no, no. you got to be shitting me. What? Knoxville, Tennessee. I get it. I mean, Buffalo, maybe 100 years ago. The whole entire world had to go to Knoxville, Tennessee to fucking show the shit off. And yeah. guess what? Paris, New York. I mean, so, Knoxville. Oh, okay. Uh, so they unveiled something. Is it a... Uh... Well, it must be some kind of technology. Was um, it a self-cleaning spittoon? So when you're spitting your dip in there, it'll clean itself overnight? No, but it is used as a spittoon sometimes. Oh, the plot Joe's ass. Yes. Oh, come on. That's used only as a mildly accurate. Sometime. I have no... Can we get any other hints? So it's a... The, it's a brand of spittoon. Salty Spittoon? What the fuck? It's a very famous, I have no fucking idea. wildly used brand of Spittoon. Uh, some of, probably majority of them 
our Budweiser Light mm. brand spittoons. Uh, what year was this? 1982. The uh, Coors uh, Party uh, Ball. When, when the Bud Light can was introduced. <laughs> well, no, Bud Light can is a is a is a well known brand of probably the most popular spittoon of all time. This is a different. Brand oh, of oh, oh, Are you talking about it, the aluminum it, can? Was, was it the transition from the pull top cans to just the regular? It's all combined due no. to aluminum cans. I'm saying, okay, so imagine Bud Light is one brand of spittoon. Another one could be Lagunitas IPA branded spittoon. Do you mm-hmm. get what I'm getting at here? Uh, so another beer, but it's but it's not a. You're not talking about the actual can. Oh, Jack no. Daniels. You drinking Jack Daniels from a can? Nope. Yeah, dude. I have, a guess, I have a guess. Samuel no. Adams beer. No, you're all wrong. It's Cherry Coke. You fucking asshole. That's not that's not even close to Bud Light. <laughs> no one ever spits in a Cherry Coke can, you bitch. Well, I was saying, I know, yeah, but... No one even actually if we didn't know that. You that. fucked us up on that one. Yeah, I did fuck you up on that one. Not really, though. But, okay, so it had that, and then it also <laughs> had the only thing left standing there from this is the... 266 foot steel tower topped with a golden globe known as the Sun Sphere. Cool. It's always a good yeah. statue to be left behind. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. I can't believe Boston never got one. Los Angeles never got one, but fucking Knoxville and Buffalo got one. I mean, it's like, come on. There's more space. Where the fuck are you going to do it in Boston? Queens was know. more open back then. They did it in fucking New York. Then Queens is more open. It's not Manhattan. Well, they could have done it in fucking Medford. They wanted to. I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, they could definitely are. <laughs> if they did in Queens, yeah. you know, you know, I don't know. Boston. Yeah, no, I just don't understand why the entire point. the entire world is going to descend on Knoxville, Tennessee. I mean, no shade to Knoxville. It just it feels like as far as the entire world gets to vote on what we're going, we're going to Knoxville, Tennessee. It'd be like going to fucking. I can't even name you a city in another country that's like Knoxville because there's no cities I know in other countries that are as low on the ranking list of like popular cities as Knoxville. I couldn't I tell you the fiftieth most populated city in China. It'd be like that. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That's what I'm thinking. So that's all I've got. I uh, sorry yeah, about the sound problem. I thought because I hear myself in this and it sounds amazing. No worries. Thought, you know we should have tested it. Me. It's easy I did. enough. I we should. I was like, we good, we good, and it wasn't. No, no, no. We know we t- we 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 talked. We should have tested the thing when you slapped mm. the mic. That's all that's right. our now bad. We, we should have moving done forward. We gotta we gotta do that. Exactly. So, One yeah, day. See, we're, now we're, we're a young podcast. We have not been around for over two years. <laughs> <laughs> it's new technology. As soon as we figure this out, we're going to move on to the next thing. So it's just, just how it goes. But yeah. it's all as good. As soon as we figure it out how to get bad. this work, we're going to get ready for the Dylan and Joe Mason podcast vlogs. And that's, uh, that's what we'll be doing. <laughs> Start vlogging. The DJBV. Oh, my God. I'm going to throw up. The world's fair. Dominic, why don't you welcome us back? Uh, So I will say, as long as I don't run out of ideas for how to change what I'm wearing, whether on my head, chin, or chest, I will never get bored of doing this podcast. But that being said, (laughs) uh, I think we should get into final thoughts here. You know, Chicago World Fair, H.H. Holmes, uh, the vast majority of uh, World Fairs that have existed that some of us didn't know happened whether it's pre-1893 or post-1893. You know, uh, we're all learning things on this podcast, except for me, because I came in here knowing all of this already. Uh, Dylan, why don't you uh, tell us something you learned today? 
I learned a lot about H.H. H. Holmes. I thought that he uh, he wrote The Lord of the Rings. So I learned that <laughs> no, That's J.K. Did. Rowling. That's great. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, that's been eye-opening to me that uh, he didn't, and uh, a little bit disappointed, actually, knowing his background. Kind of wish he did. That's mm-hmm. what I learned today. You would have been better off. Joe, uh, what did you learn today? Um, <laughs> I learned that they had a world fair in the middle of World War II. And they're like, hey, everyone, come out here and show out your new technology. But not the <laughs> shit we're about to use to kill each other in the next three years. Not that stuff. Just the cute stuff. Not anything too crazy. Yeah, Meanwhile, the, uh, the one twenty years earlier, they were showing tank? off the Maxim gun. <laughs> 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 what the hell? It's like the, the fucking uh, Olympics in Germany when uh, the Americans came up and a black guy won the entire thing. And Hitler is like, that's not allowed. <laughs> We're at a war right now. What are we doing in living sports? Yeah. It's such a yeah. silly thing to have. Uh, you know, like, my, my favorite thing about event. that, though, is you, you uh, from that uh, that specific Olympics is the video of Adolf Hitler fucking cranked up on meth. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's shaking so away. Yeah. Slapping his leg. <laughs> It's strong, it's, strong leadership there. It shows you the dichotomy of how stupid it is to be like, we're having these world, you know, unification things. But meanwhile, people are blowing their brains out. It's like, it's obviously a, like a farce. Like, how can you have, you know, peace and war at the same time? It's fake. like a fart. Moving on. What did you yes. learn, Dom? Uh, I learned that in 1982, they introduced Cherry Coke at the Knoxville, Tennessee World's Fair. It is later I than I thought it would fact. have been. What a fun fact, guys! I, I'm not as I'm not surprised by the, the year. It's just I, I really, I really, I do have a hard time believing that you know Chicago, New York, Paris. Fun fact: Knoxville, Osaka. Tennessee. Knoxville, yeah. Yes, Osaka, Japan. But yeah, it's uh, Dylan. What are you gonna uh, say? I was gonna say, take a wild guess where they unveiled vanilla Coke. Atlanta. What year was it? I. Uh, the year was 2000 and, or 2000 or 2001 when they unveiled it and guess where they did it was it it was in the US yes i guess atlanta which is coke's headquarters but i was wrong you're wrong um i know chattanooga how about butte montana whatever fucking random ass city that no one would go to uh, nope. Uh, it's right near Put- Can I make a guess? Putnam, I say- Connecticut, right. about a 12-minute drive from what? you right now, Joe, at the Vanilla <laughs> Bean <laughs> Cafe. Like right at, a, at a World Fair? Vanilla no, Bean shit. Cafe, which I used to go to when I used to do, tra- do trackies at Thompson all the time. To go to the Vanilla Bean Cafe, and the, all the walls are covered in Vanilla Coke things in there. Picture, wow. picture them at the at the the podium. Right near to you, Joe. Go there for breakfast sometime or wherever Wait, you fucking eat. Hold on. Uh, so <laughs> you're telling me this? I mean, this seems backwards to me. You're, so cherry coke came before vanilla coke? Yep. Oh no, that's established. We all know that. When I was growing up, there wasn't one. I didn't know coke. that. Vanilla coke yeah. came out in 2001. You, yeah, you were probably you remember when vanilla coke came out, right? Dom? I remember it because it was. Yo, I don't, amazing. I don't, I don't like, I don't like any colas, so I don't know. Uh, anything uh, about anyways, this. it came I out when you were them, alive. I love them. Yeah, Joe, we gotta go. I would have figured vanilla would have been a much. I would have figured vanilla would have been a much uh, more common 
thing than cherry coke. Nah, you're not it's thinking of soda pop. pop, the soda jerks with all like the raspberry and cherry, mm. all the syrups and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vanilla is more of a dessert treat. That's what they would put it in cola. They're like, hey, here we go. We we're doing that. Here we that. go, dessert. For I mean, vanilla coke yeah. definitely sucks. I mean, they barely even sell it anymore because everyone whoa, hates whoa, it. Besides vanilla Jeff. coke is the best one, dude. I of course, you like coke. it too. Of course, so you like it too. So damn good. So. Uh, my final thoughts on all this is uh, I, I thank I you, Dylan. Fair to final comes thoughts. back rock hard and as magnificent as the eighteen ninety three one. I want it all. I think I'm it's sorry. Like, let me interrupt you. Has oh, it been canceled? Is it like uh, I don't fucking know. It's probably uh, some H. J. Rimmons where it's canceled now. H. J. Rimmons thing. It's probably some little whatever. I want like a real deal Chicago one again. That's Absolutely. open for six months that you buy a plane ticket to go to. Nothing like that exists. Except the Olympics, and I don't give a fuck about that. So, this sounds more fun. Like I want to see the weird, the new, the cool. That's not like people trying to sell you shit. Just like, hey, check out this new fucking al- uh, the new woolly mammoth. Check it out. It's here at the new fucking world. The new Fair. dodo. That's it. We just brought it back to life. That's what I'm talking about right there. Yep. I agree. If you gave me two tickets, one to the new rein- reinvented World's Fair. Or you can is. go see all the Olympic events, summer and winter. I'd be like, Lifetime pass. it's a no-brainer. It's yeah. a no-brainer. I'm going World's Fair. World's Fair. I want to go on whatever day. the newest version of the Ferris wheel is. I want to yep. see what the new nylon is. And I want to ride the bullet. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Definitely. Dom, Definitely. do you want me to go next or do you want to go next? That wasn't your final thought? No, you asked us what we learned, which is obviously oh, not. Oh, that canon. was my final thoughts. No, that Dylan was just started talking thought. about final thoughts. No, but Joe, what's your final thoughts then? No, 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 no. Joe, Joe, I'll go. Is he fucking with us? Jesus Christ! He's I'll go because you'll have a better final thought than me. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Dom. What? What are you laughing at? What? I just, I just think the name Mudget is funny. <laughs> is that? Hey, he was a highly respected. Okay, maybe not that, but uh, he was an, he was a person of society. He had money that he stole. My final thoughts are: Holy shit! If you're going to become America's first serial killer, you got to do it right. And H. J. Holmes did it right. He knew how to beat. I mean, he was. I mean, he's you know he's top dog. He, he knew set what the he was standard, doing. and no one has lived up to he that had since. Everything going. Yeah, it, it probably. I mean, every single time that they had a new serial killer, like, oh, this is this guy. This is this guy. I don't think anything even came close yeah. until, you know. Right. Yeah, Gacy was just burying bodies but, under his floorboards. Like, that's amateur <laughs> status. Dude, you got to dump nothing. it down the chute, it's still burn there. in the kiln, yeah. sell uh, the skeletons. That being said, how impressive, though. 20 years after Chicago burnt to the ground, they were ha- hosting a World's Fair. And in 1890, when they voted, had to you know, pass to get, they beat out New York and Los Angeles. They picked Chicago. Yeah. And boy, did they! To me, I mean, the Ferris wheel, the Ferris wheel. Yep. Do you know how much a twenty-meter Ferris wheel costs? Because <laughs> I do. It's about eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars today, used. <laughs> I'm talking like a Ferris wheel from like probably two thousand ten. Dude, I could get one of the basic marketplace. Eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Dylan, do you know if we look this up? No, 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 no. You don't use things marketplace. You, you, you go to usedrides.com. You have to, you have to sign it's up. Been open, it. It's been open on my phone for five years. <laughs> That's how long <laughs> me, Brendan, and Don came up with this idea. How much does a Ferris wheel cost? And we had to debate it for the entire night. And it's yeah, hard to we were, find it out. Was, uh, it was, it's when you and Jeff were living at the hotel still. Yeah. 
which viewers, it's not a hotel. That was the name of the building. It yeah. was three apartments. <laughs> yeah, but still. <laughs> We're standing on the roof of a restaurant outside the back of it, waiting to go to dusk to see Sanguine Moon, Jeff Ramos and Russell Weed's badass black metal band. They're coming back, and Dan Tarasi's going to play for them, too. Nice. Yeah, yeah they need it. They do need to remember. Yep. That's fucking awesome. Um, and it's me, Brendan, and Joe standing out there, and we look, we see a carnival in the distance. You know, one of those mobile carnivals, and then uh, I think it was Brendan just goes, how much do you think a Ferris wheel costs? And I went, do you want to find out? And within about 10, 15 minutes, I had the website up, and I used, uh, I can tell you how much, I can tell you how much it costs to buy a fried dough trailer. It's not it's as easy as grand. Googling how much a Ferris wheel costs, though. <laughs> It's like Googling yeah, how much takes, does a car it takes cost. Effort. It's like cars cost a lot of different things. Yeah. Like, what are you for, talking about? Like you yeah, for the most of it, model, for the most of it, they size, want you capacity, to uh, year. Model, yeah. Well, also, a lot of a lot of the websites are auctions where you have to sign up. You have to have an account. So you don't just tell anybody. It was hard to find one where I could see without it. You, you know, there's bid, twenty meters. There's sixteen meters. There's ten meters. There's fifteens. There's eights. There's sixes and there's fours. Are all like the most common size. When you get like wow. a four. To ten meter, those are the ones that are on trailers that you see in the parking lot at Navin Rink. Yeah, those ones are for a, a know, quick little carnival. That's weak shit. But none of them, none of them are steam powered. Have are two hundred sixty four feet tall. Have thirty six carousels that hold sixty people each. They made a million point four dollars off of fifty cent tickets. There you go. That's what I get out of the World's Fair is how spectacular Ferris wheels became compared to what they started as mm-hmm. smaller, but exponentially more probably actually probably a lot cheaper actually not more expensive (laughs) (laughs) yeah but still basically well my takeaway is ferris wheels that's what i'm here to talk about yeah dude fucking a and uh maybe someday i'll sell them you should and you should buy one so that's a wrap on the uh this episode of the podcast and just remember guys don't be an amateur like john Wayne gacy go pro like hh wells go pro he is the ultimate he's the only pro can you buy me two bottles of wine don't be a pussy that's it guys we'll see you next week we love you uh keep the parties coming bye have a beautiful time An electric energy card from Pokemon. That's a, that's what I was going to guess. Pokemon card. <laughs> yeah. Guessed it. It was 264 feet tall. Ew. It had 36 carousels, and each carousel could hold 60 people. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Getting up there? I've had, I've had a human bone rubbed on my face at a young age. Nothing's going to pass Well, in a series, they, they were no-name people. But it wasn't just no-name people. He was killing people he knew, too. <laughs> and they still couldn't catch him. <laughs> it was like, uh, he wanted to get caught. He was killing kids, he was killing women, he was killing men, he was killing everybody. And no one was catching the guy. I thought you were a man of your word, Mr. Holmes. But no, I'm not! I've been scamming you for 20 years! I'm very far from a man of my word. If anyone ever got suspicious, a, a cop shows up, it's like, Oh, yeah, no, come on, come inspect it. And put him into a room, lock it, turn the gas on. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. I would not put it past him. There's no radio interview. You know, take, take the cops. If the, if the cop one, nine, came on a horse and wagon, you take that, you bring it out of town, you sell the horse, you sell the wagon. If the cop came on foot, well, no problem. You just burn everything Bring with him, anyways. Ends up killing Igor's wife and two of her kids to try to get the fucking insurance money. And the guy's out of control, dude. 
And and uh, uh. also, Mr. Holmes, dying of a fire doesn't count if it's in a drawer in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident. Um, well, the, the the craziest thing was that uh, he took out a huge insurance policy himself. himself. The ultimate scam. So they they, they <laughs> treat him with millions of dollars. <laughs> So 1960, sexy, sexy, <laughs> <laughs> sexy. It's a no-brainer. It's yeah. a no-brainer. I'm going World's Fair. World's Fair. I want to go on whatever day. the newest version of the Ferris wheel is. I want to yep. see what the new nylon is, and I want to ride the bullet. <laughs> yes, you do. You got it. Thanks. Bye. Bye. You go ahead and say it. Wait, wait. What do you want me to say? No, no. You say I'm gonna kill the president, and then I have the dirt on you. Then you won't tell anybody I ate your entire burger. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that I want to kill the president. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'll, I'll stop the recording. All right, now. But just for just between you and me, like, it's a joke. Say I'm going to kill the president, right? Into, and look into the camera when you say it. Like, as like I'll, it'll be like a funny thing, you know. So, like, you want, like... Say to the like, camera, oh. I'm going to kill the president of the United States of America. Like, that... That camera right there? Yeah. That one right yeah, there. Yeah, it'll, it'll be funny. It'll be like a funny thing. You know? So you want me to say that camera right there? No, I want you to say, I am going to kill the president of the United States of America. It, like like that. But that you say it, though. Like, but like you want me to say it in Spanish? What, what, what would make you think that? I wanted you to say it in Spanish. I didn't even bring up. Well, because you you already you already said it in English. So why would I say it in English? Well, well I should I, do it in another language, right? Well, because I just asked because we speak English, and I just asked you to say. It. I, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to say it in Swahili? I don't know why you came up with another language. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't speak Swahili. Well, I, I can't speak English, but it didn't stop me. You're a really determined man, aren't you? Well, you just say that you want to kill the president. And and you say the date and in your middle name too. Is your last name Mudget? Would you would you just talk into the microphone and then tell people? I'm talking. I am talking into the microphone right now. Tell people where you live, how old uh, I, you I, are, I, and then tell me where I live, how old I am, the president of the that, United States of America. Yeah, I can't. He- what are you saying? That I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> you know what? When I, when, sometimes when I talk to you, it really makes me think of this. I know fucking everything. 